Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 165, where the very last thing my son said before I clicked record was, I love Stardust, and yeah, I don't know we're, how we're, many we're people... We're talking about Stardust. I, don't, I got my own little private uh, figuring it out here, since you said you don't really have any new figures, but you were talking about figures you want. I just want to get like the old Elite Stardust, and then specifically the basic where he's got the purple and silver, because I think that's a cool gear. He... Yes, this was a lot of our sound check was you describing things, which actually worked out as a good sound check. So I still wish I'd kept all the sound checks and put them into one giant. That'd be kind of funny. Well, there's several like of me yelling at you, right? The ones where we're actually talking about something. <laughs> some of them are me getting very angry. Yeah. And some, not anymore. You've sort of come around to doing the sound check agreeably to some degree. Mm-hmm. But my trick is get you talking about something and then just start it. Because you'll That's, not even know I'm doing it, no, and you talk I like at a that normal. better because then I don't got to think about it. Because under pressure, when you're thinking about it, you talk really quietly, and I can't set the levels very well. But anyway, yeah, and then I'm just like, I don't know. But we're back. Welcome back if you're oh, returning. Green Stardust. Welcome if you're a new listener. We're gonna talk about a bunch of wrestling eventually. We'll deep dive AEW Dynamite NXT. We'll talk some. Even just watched MLW. I don't think it'll come up. But. No, probably not. Uh, uh, some main roster stuff. They should make fast Stardust where he doesn't have a shirt on. And he won't talk about Stardust the whole time, I no. promise. He might. Well, he could probably. I could. He I could easily could. find a way to segue anything into Stardust. Right. That, honestly, I honestly would like to make a game out of that. That would be kind of funny. So I think last time we met down here, we were about to be heading out to a local indie show, which we went to, which it's great Canadian wrestling, and, and um, we enjoy going. It's really affordable. It's always for charity. They collect stuff for... I'd say it's more aptly, like, pretty adequate canadian wrestling yeah yeah true this was probably my least favorite we've been to what i think i've been to maybe five or six and you yeah, maybe one been fewer. to like a handful probably and uh, still enjoyed myself like i'll always have fun at an indie show but definitely felt like they had trouble getting a full roster for this card right because they we got a really really lengthy segment basically i would say with uh leading to a tag team title match that it's a double strap match, right? That we think we'll go back to check that out. Check out. I in think Indy. that's the next one at Aurora. So what are what's Brother Yates' team or faction called? Saved Boys. What is it? Sorry. Saved Boys. Saved Boys. That's right. And they're like cult people in their shirts and ties. So they'll be defending against who? I don't even remember. This is what I was. You're it's struggling. Your too. boy, uh, the Bone Crusher, that guy, and then oh, Steve Brown and uh, Gunnar Lang, who's my least right. favorite. And yeah, the other guy's okay. So, and then um. As usual at indie shows, one of the highlights is people watching, right? So we had some very super in- hyper kids. Uh, yeah, and one the, the little boy was cute. Like he was, I don't know if he's already Way a wrestling fan it. or if dad just brought him to an indie show for something to do. But he was in on the Getting edge up of his constantly, seat. Like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, some so, people in the row in front of us were. Yeah, there was the one kid who kept getting getting up and like chickening, Run- and then the, that girl who kept <laughs> oh, shouting. right. Because they were calling the heel tag team chickens, so there Not was a lot of people. audience participation. And, and then, then we saw our boy from the one other show on commentary. Oh, that's right. The One of our fans, we always find Singing these fans guy. to focus on at indie shows. So at one, if you go people back... People watching is half the fun. If one, if you go back, I'm sure we talked about him, who was like documenting his time at the show on Instagram or whatever. Very, very um energetically would you say like lip syncing to a song like kind of tiktok style something like that and so yeah i found his radio show we oh my god so we rolled into this one and jack's like look and there he is he's doing commentary for great canadian wrestling so Mm -hmm. clearly if you were just a little more demonstrative and like (laughs) 
not our style at all. Post stuff like that, as on you can probably FNS. tell. No, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. We are not super high energy. Put on um, feign anything for content. No. We just sit down and talk about stuff that pretty much how we would talk about it in our living room. To be honest, that's kind maybe of maybe a little more formal. That's our gimmick, you know. So yeah, um, yeah or lack thereof, or lack thereof. But yeah, it's still a still a fun show. Um, the main event was the guy with the atlas right i always say with the back scars because they yeah. are in they are incredible he was facing like it was it's robbie reckless or something like that. and the middle-aged lady group across from us seemed to enjoy his presence on the show their energy picked up little little bit he is a very very physically fit young man so they were seemed to be fans they're gonna enjoy that yeah but yeah a fun show overall again not the strongest that they've offered but again whatever it's like 13 bucks or something so um with stuff going to charity so i enjoyed it mm-hmm Anything else exciting from your week working again? You're sorry. What's your new title you've given um, yourself at work? I call myself Part Time Supreme. Part Time Supreme. You're now the. I believe, if I'm correct, I'm the longest part timer there. Longest I think. reigning champion. Yeah. Zare's champion. I think because uh, there's we have like a few full timers and then that's it. But I think out of any of the part time people, I'm longest, which makes yes, because you were saying you just had a part timer dismissed for things that he shouldn't have been doing at work. Yeah. Um, and then obviously my other buddy left in the summer and and you've only been there just over a year. Yeah. And then one of the guys is on student leave. He's older than me, but I've been there longer. And you are training new people, which is fun. Training, which is good for you, buddy. Clearly you're doing a good job if they're letting you train other people. I don't want to train. I I know, but it's, I'm, I, unlike some people here, I don't like to teach. And I know, (laughs) right. And I know that. It's a compliment to you, but you don't care about that either. The fact no. that they'll let you, you know, that's a compliment Honestly, to Honestly, think, you, well, but... now with what's-his-face being gone, um, I'm kind of, if it's not Tony, it's, um, I feel like I'm the only option because I don't think uh, the older guys are going to r- really train. I think they're usually, like, they kind of pick up the scraps kind of yeah. because, you know, older and whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting, I guess. But And I was telling you, you work tonight until 9. It is Saturday, September 16th, and that... We're having an event. You'll hear it on the banter here a lot. We have lots of stuff going on on our street. A really cool group of families we kind of hang out with. So it's Garage Band tonight, which not only am I recording this podcast in Garage Band right now as we speak, full disclosure, but that's what we call the event where our our buddy Mike is a drummer for a cover band. I think they're really good. They play all mostly stuff from the 90s uh, that okay, I love. I was, was going to ask who they specifically cover. And guess what? Because I'm an audio nerd. I text- White Stripes qualifies as uh, 90s. I know you. I heard you talking. Uh, yeah. So I, I texted Mike, the drummer, and said like, hey, man. Uh, hey, can I be a groupie? <laughs> I did. I said a, fr- a roadie. I'd be a completely. That's inex- what I meant. Sorry, roadie. Yes. Yeah. Difference. Very different. A completely inexperienced free roadie. Just because with my sort of curiosity and audio stuff from doing this and my Gear, Nerd. gear attainment syndrome that I have. I want to go gear check out. attainment syndrome. It's called Gas. I think Bark on Obscure Mics, my nice. buddy. Go check out his YouTube. He's awesome. Gas. Um, you're, you're gassy. He's a good dude. Yeah, and I have that. You just, I don't need any more audio gear. The stuff we're using sounds perfectly fine, I think. No. But I just want more. And nothing yeah. expensive. Like that mic you're on, 26 bucks. You know? I don't need more things, but I still buy things. Exactly. I'm so running you know. I'm running out of space for figures, but um, yeah, here we are. And I'm not Same. And stop. I have 15 microphones. Do yeah. I need more? No. Do I already have some in a box or on a wish list probably on Amazon or something? Have I already yes. thought about buying another lightsaber? Yes. Exactly. We all Will have I get issues. one? Probably. Yeah. So, but anyways, I... Yeah, so I'll be going down to that show tonight. That'll be a good time. If you'll you'll hear it on your I'm walk home from work. Training again so. today. 
nice. same guy. But I'm, I think honestly, so you just s- get them to do your work, right? I do. Like, I that's the part I enjoy. You show them how to, to do it, and then you I don't have to, to do it. Shovel things onto them. But I think gen- the it's, two guys. It, it's called delegate. Okay, yeah. you need to learn the proper language to sound all of the things you do. They have official functions. You are delegating, which is yeah. what leaders do. Okay? Yeah, exactly. You're not pawning it off on anyone. No, I'm You're a, delegating. I'm a, I'm a I'm a great leader. That's a delegator. What it is. That's I it. think they're pretty good. It's just it's weird because I'm training grown people. Right. Like the guy yesterday, he's got a full time job. He works in the, for the city of Toronto. He's just doing this for extra money. That's which, where we're that's, at. With things being so expensive, that's, people are getting extra gigs. I think that's fine. But then it's weird that I'm, I talked to Maddie about it, my friend in Hot Deli. That's just um, how it like, is. It's just weird training because, like, you're um, a teenage boy. They are grown adults. Well, and especially because just like. Uh, I saw two names, like, a couple weeks ago, I saw the two names on uh, the sheet, like, with the schedule sheet, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And obviously, me, I'm not thinking, like, part-timer, usually I'm not expecting grown people, so. Sure. Like, I don't know, it's. But it makes sense. It does make sense to some degree, but it's just weird, like, I was expecting slash hoping for people I'd either know or at least someone from school, Mm -hmm. at the very least. But no. Uh, Neither, because, like, the one guy, uh, he's... I think he's saving for like a college course, and then yeah. obviously the when we got full time. And then we, there's the girl who I haven't met yet, and then we're crossing someone from Salad Bar, and then obviously, you know, guy got fired. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that means we're getting another more. spot. I would hope so, because honestly, the more the merrier. And then I the hours will shuffle around finally. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, money, but like, <laughs> I don't know. You are working a lot. It's just like it's tiring, but also I just it makes it a little more annoying to and, keep on top of school. And you're uh, yes, and I'm you're not like, saying it's impossible, but it's just no, cumbersome. And you're like me, and you like to be at home too, and just, I just doing like your own to thing at home. Be able to do things, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, like sure, money, yes, but like, I, especially nowadays, I don't find myself going out as much. So, and that's the lesson to take away is you want to find a career where the money to time for yourself ratio is good not saying you got to be rich like my profession i make in canada i make a very decent salary so does your mom and we get lots and lots of time off mm-hmm. so that's a quality of life choice to me right where you're going looking for a job and that's hoping the tricky part yeah. to find the the free time to salary ratio so that mm-hmm. you can live comfortably i don't i will never be rich obviously but that's not unless, i mean obviously this podcast blows up and we make millions i would yeah like, we're just like waiting joe rogan like 14 million a year we're going above him off though. our dozens and dozens of listeners i'm, I'm right? better than joe rogan right and the fact that we never ask for any money and never have any sponsors and never do ads because we're really our, bad at social media this is, and this is a hobby for us so this is what we which do which will it's make fun. us rich which is unfortunately people have to sit and listen to us banter for 11 minutes actually they don't because i put in timestamps. but yeah, they, they probably skip already we should probably get talking about wrestling mm-hmm. all right so let's do that first segment as always every week for 165 episodes probably and that is looking at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors All right, so taking a look at some of the week's ratings, and I am going to add Collision in just out of curiosity right after the Punk departure to see. I imagine you are like me where you're selfishly hoping the numbers don't plummet because I want evidence that he is not the major draw that some people Wait, you do want them to plummet or you don't? I don't. If they plummet, that means everyone was there to see Punk. Oh, okay. If they don't plummet, people are like, whatever. Right. Which I would prefer, selfishly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cards on the table, you know, in that sense. So... Uh, NXT first, though, they averaged 850,000 viewers this week. That is huge for them, up 26.3%, earned a 0.26 in the key demographic. That's up 44, just over 44%. So 
this is a meaningful little thing they added here. The seventh highest audience total in the history of the show. So that seems relevant to me. Somewhat. And best viewership since uh, 2020, late October 2020. And this was... Back in the good gold days. Oh, we have forgotten about that. This was the episode where Becky Lynch is challenging for the NXT Women's Championship against Tiffany Stratton. And I'll talk about that in High Spots and Wrestles later. So it's clear that the main roster stuff is working and that in more particular... Becky Lynch is a draw, right? So, yeah. and these numbers she draws as, more than Seth. <laughs> it, well, yeah, and and these numbers, as I'm going to talk about in a second here, are similar to Dynamite this week. So that's really impressive. I hope. I wonder if NXT will get any ideas, right, or, or WWE management, like, ooh, if we keep doing this, we could maybe compete with Dynamite, sort of right. thing. And then they'd love to be like, look, our third brand does better or comparable to Dynamite. I think that's all they really want to be able to say. Yeah, right. Uh, so Dynamite this week was 888,000 viewers, so just under 40,000 above NXT. And that's almost the same as last week. They picked up 1,000 viewers, which isn't super significant, and a 0.31 in the key demo, which is exactly the same. So incredibly consistent from last week with NXT really, really closing the gap. So then I did look at um, Collision as well. So it averaged 476,000 viewers on TNT, which is up 38%. From the previous week's series low so clearly it looked like it dropped off but now it's back so it's tied for the fourth lowest audience total the show has done since june there haven't been that many right so mm -hmm. it's not really that significant critique so it sounds like it's bounced back we haven't been tracking it enough to know if those are like the usual numbers or whatever from kind of average but because that was a big jump from last week so it looked like dipped what was that the first week punk was gone mm -hmm. and then sort of rebounded so we'll see what do you have for us um the kind of surprising news of the week that I thought was um, the PWI 500 yeah. top 10 has been put out. Um, so I'm not sure. I figure, I guess it means. Oh, it's just the top 10 for now? Yeah. Okay. It'll, it'll come out soon. Let's talk about it. Let's go from 10 because I don't know if I okay, remember. We'll, I know we'll the go, top three because we talked. We'll go from 10. Yeah. The top. Yeah. Uh, the winner. This year's winner is like, it's. He makes sense. He's probably was in the conversation, but like just out of the, the big people this year are in the past calendar year, I wouldn't have really i wouldn't pick same them. i think it's one of those things where it when you first see who number one is you're surprised but then if you were like really to lay out the years these people have had you'd be like well yeah it, all, it also it's depends on your least, criteria and it's well. at least he's in the conversation right like he, it's not, he definitely is yeah but out of the people in the conversation i probably wouldn't have expected right. him it's just it kind of i think it's the pwi criteria i forget what exactly it is but what a teaser we're doing here it's something like that so yeah. let's start at 10 uh number 10 is cody rhodes which yeah, I guess he's he's probably gone largely win. Like it doesn't he, seem he, out of place. He I'll wins have to probably most of the time. I think he lost to Roman, maybe lost to Brock once, and then and it was a big deal. It's also, a... the Rumble win he got in the right. in the evaluation periods. So. Yeah, I mean, at first I'll see what the other nine are right to see where he fits, but on the list makes sense. I think, I think usually yeah. it ends in like the summer their right. evaluation periods. So this probably goes back to like latter twenty twenty two. Okay. If we have to bear in mind. Okay. Uh, Josh Alexander. Yeah. Probably before his injury. Right. He had a great um, year. I think it's fair. Uh, Orange Cassidy getting number eight, which I thought was really awesome. Um, yes. It's good for him. Great just year. considering how much he's grown. I think that's awesome. Uh, for him to even get the top ten is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Okada's seven, which I feel like is he's usually always in that orbit, given he how is. much he's on top in New Japan. Yep. Uh, MJF's at six, which was a little surprising for me. I figured he would be a little higher. Mm -hmm. I thought, but I guess um, with how much he doesn't wrestle, yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Um, then we get Vikingo at number five, which 
I guess. Because I don't really know because I don't. He's I'm not super on. Done it. a ton of stuff in whatever AAA and whatever was champion. All this is when he really has seems to has like burst on the scene, yeah. sort of thing. So uh, Gunther's at four, which is pretty awesome. Sorry, who? Gunther. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome, and that makes sense. Yeah, and that's he's obviously like lossless. And we're the, getting the IC title back to prominence and back to feeling like this is well it's been the most important title i would suggest just because like well it's been he's been holding it forever too but i, I think it would be a, if not for roman I yeah i guess so it's a whole different beast with roman yep that's not really gunther's fault i but think great for gunther out of roman i think his belt definitely feels it still feels secondary obviously but i see has always been secondary so it's a little better than rollins belt because i think so rollins belt shouldn't be secondary but it very clearly unfortunately because there's just no lineage or anything right like there's no lineage but also just because the way they introduced it did it no favors whatsoever and it's clearly just like we're never taking the belt off roman so we need something that can change hands right yeah um number three is my boy moxley yep uh that's pretty sweet he had a, I well think he had a good year because i think the evaluation period would probably include when he was champion for a bit when he was picking up the pieces of the punk yes. fiasco last year the first punk fiasco. The first punk fiasco, yeah. When Moxie's kind of playing like, yes, cleanup. And I think any of he these, is how he is. Any of these top three guys on the podium, you could make your case for yeah. each one, right? So Moxley for and sure. And obviously now he's champion, but I don't think that's eclipsed by the evaluation period. I think no. it's probably outside. Of I it. think so too. But even so, I think he's had a pretty solid year, so that's awesome for him. Super happy about that. Number two is Roman Reigns, yep. which is pretty crazy. Yep. But I think because of how much his schedule lacked. I agree. Um, since last year, it probably d- keeps him like it probably detracts a bit from his potential of topping it again. Yep. Um, because he's obviously gone. Um, I don't know if he's gonna loss us because I feel like the money in the bank loss might have been counted. I don't know. And he's the but... biggest part of the biggest story for the whole year. And the biggest so company. I just, I just looked up the specific evaluation period. So it's July first, twenty twenty-two. Okay, so to July. July... 31st 2023 july to, to july to july basically okay. or like july to august because it goes to the last okay. day of so, first day okay. of july to first day of august so that's kind of our buffer there so yeah it would probably include money in the bank then um he just doesn't stretch back to like before clash of the castle too i think seth just or sorry not seth roman just doesn't wrestle enough no like you're the biggest part of the biggest thing but you if never someone's wrestle. wrestling more than and to me, there's the added little wrinkle of we always know who's winning your matches. So that kind of knocks everything down a tiny yeah. bit for me because I never feel like he's losing. And number one, much to my surprise, but not to my dismay, is Mr. Seth Rollins. So a clean sweep for the Shield. Clean sweep for the Shield, which is crazy. crazy. Those are my boys, though. That right. is pretty sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and Rollins now has tied Cena for the most number one spots because he was also 2015 and 2019. So now Rollins has three, which is pretty crazy. And to me, it's surprising because, I don't know, I just thought Roman would probably clinch it again. Right. Just because it just seems like how things would go. But also because now with having the evaluation period more clear, 2022 was not a strong year win-wise for No, because you were much frustrated for yeah, that. Yeah, he time. lost most of the year. Yes. Um, I remember you were not a fan. Until he won the U.S. title that, you know, it, he didn't. he lost a bunch. But, I mean... In the evaluation period now, we can look at probably Clash of the Castle. He beat Riddle. He mm-hmm. did lose Fight Pit, um, but he beat Riddle, and then he obviously won the U.S. title in that period. So that would mean that the evaluation period would probably eclipse his U.S. title, his World Heavyweight title, obviously, and probably the win over Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. 
So that's like probably his three main. And every ones. match is good to great. He right? has There's a bunch no of duds. great matches, and he wrestles constantly too. Correct. Unlike Roman, he's constantly on. Especially this year, now that he's winning more. He's probably wrestling constantly, like he did last year, but now winning as well. And I haven't so loved I think his kind character of work, but some people do. I like his character. I think it's kind of wishy-washy right now yeah. just not to be biased and like, people love the theme song that's his, part of his it. theme's great the presentation think, i've always enjoyed his theme songs um yeah i think his character is like kind of wishy-washy right now i think it's good but it's just like a little ambiguous i yeah. feel like that um but yeah um i think the top 10 generally makes sense there's a couple surprises i think but um, I think it's pretty cool. The shield round out the top, which I'm is pretty to think crazy. Of, I, I'm but. not smart enough off the top of my head to be like, are there any snubs in that top 10? Any omissions? Mm. But um, like, would people be like, what about Omega? What about for what Omega? about Osprey? I think Osprey probably got snubbed. That's, I think that's a good one. Now that just comes to mind. I like, think that so, yeah. has to be a snub. Because he, I mean, he did lose some, but he won the title back. Like Forbidden Door counts. He, I don't know really. I think I feel like just no, like not knowing all the specifics, but I feel like Osprey probably got snubbed. Yeah. Um, Omega, I would probably say no. And again, I'd have to see it all laid out because I'm just with Omega. I think he came back from injury either before or during the evaluation period. Then they won the trios titles, which probably helped for his ranking, obviously. But then, obviously, the whole brawl out thing kept him them out for a bit. Then he did more trios titles, which yeah. is was was a win for them but obviously not the most high profile stuff also they probably lost a bunch of matches in the seven series right, right. so they they were winning and they losing had to have because it then had to go seven they, yeah <laughs> then they didn't have a lot of defenses then they lost house of black then it was kind of like 50 15 with blackpool so honestly and he then he lost to osprey too so there's that memory folks that we i don't feel like omega got snubbed i feel like if he's not top 20 then he maybe got snubbed yeah but i don't think it was a top 10 period for him right i think so that one's fair osprey i feel like you could probably make the case for him getting snubbed because he was u.s champ a couple times mm -hmm. um he probably had a lot of bangers in there so yeah guaranteed i mean would this eclipse the g1 because i'm you might have to include his okada win and um it would right and Last he beat year. omega and so yeah no i mean this year's g1 would mm, that count no i don't think okay no right I don't know. Actually. I'd have to double check the dates. I feel like no. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like generally it's a pretty good one. Uh, Josh Alexander is a little weird, but I think con if it concludes last year, it kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. And uh, and I mean, you'll we'll be getting that magazine. We still pick it up whenever we see it at the local Shoppers Drug Mart. Generally, right? The five so. hundred's my favorite one. I also like the year end awards. I still got the one where Adam Cole was. You have it on display here. Of the year here. If we ever do video again, you'll see it. Yeah. Um. But I like. I always like the year. Yep. Evaluation ones or whatever those kind of things. Yep. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. All right, so now moving on to maybe some talent moving on. Fightful is reporting that it looks like Jade Cargill, right, is believed to be finishing up with AEW. And sources within both AEW and WWE told Fightful they believe Cargill's on her way to WWE. Meltzer also noted on Observer Radio that fans in attendance to the tapings felt like Cargill was saying her farewell to AEW and that she like was waving to the crowd as she was leaving. And that she and Statlander hugged after the match. So, and I mean, you couldn't build a more WWE star in a lab, pretty much, right? So yeah, Vin, they are gonna not Vince, but they are just kind of a field deal with her. And her in ring, honestly, it's kind of a China thing. And this comes across as an insult, and I don't mean it. It's just the way it is. I think her in ring ability will be less of a factor there. Yeah, it's and I gonna don't, be less of a glaring. I know that sounds snotty. Shortcoming. Like, AEW is where the workers are, but it's just a different it's style. It's just the style they work. And I, and I feel like it's motivated by 
WWE treating them more like they're an investment and trying to protect them and keep them like they're trying to have them work safe. And it's more with that. AEW, they lean way more into the quote unquote entertainment aspect yes, of things. Yeah. So I feel like that's also part of it. They place less emphasis on the wrestling just in general. Yeah. And AEW feels more like we just want super indie guys come and do whatever you want, right? Like just do your thing, do your style, right, and I which like, I prefer. Yeah, and they're working more wrestling matches. Both there's there's merits to both, right? It's I feel like she could do like. good there, so I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. And I, um, I don't we wanted to like her. I she really, just really did. for too long, and her character was good, and she's good on the mic, but it, there was zero evolution. Yeah, zero. Yeah, it's just like it evolved. Like, I think pretty good for how short she was there. And then it plateaued for a year. And then matches were the same. And then every couple matches, she would add one more kind of cool move. But Well, they just gave her too many squash title defenses. It was yeah. kind of BS. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. TBS. I hope she becomes a star because I think she obviously, like, the look is there. The the mic work is yeah, there. Yeah, but so. they just brought in Naya. So, now it's like one of the new people's going to suck. The things that WWE treasures, she has. So, she'll probably be fine. Yeah, they'll probably like her like they like China. Right. And honestly, she's probably the most China person they could get because... Some people made that comparison with Beth Phoenix, but I feel like you can make that case for Cargill much more. She and they Booker talks about it all the time on NXT still passes the airport test, right? Like if that person walks through an airport, people take notice. And Jade Cargill passes that with flying colors. So yeah, for sure. They'll love her. Sometimes literally colors because her hair was green. Before. That'd be part of it, yeah. Um the uh, I guess I'm not gonna call him that. Uh G Y V uh recently departed WWE at the expire of their contracts. Yeah. I believe I believe they are out now. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, and this past week on NXT, because I don't think I included it as a high spot or a rest hold, you had Gacy and Ava sort of outside talking about the tree being rotten and they're more isolated than ever. So they put like, then they touch this tree. At the, the tree it's like a out. fallen tree. And then they like put their hands on the tree. So I think that's symbolizing that two of the four roots, even though they've had like 30 people in the faction. In 37 the last... roots. Right. So, um, yeah, it looks like they are gone. And man, yeah. they're a talented team. So I hope they end up somewhere that we watch, which yeah. I guess would mean, AEW. <laughs> right, because we don't watch much else too often. I so. do hope they end up there. I think that would be a they're great good, man. use. They're good. That would be a great help to the tag I division. I feel like they're in their prime. I don't feel like they're old. So, anyways, I hope they... Got to get Gibson back on those promos. Agree. Let just them... let him grow his beard out first, though. I don't like him without a beard. Yeah, it's let weird. him go back to what they were doing before and do yeah. it in a fresh spot with fresh Let matchups. him do the Doomsday Device Suicide Dive. Right. Um, I, My next one is that Daniel Brian Danielson, did you hear this, clarifies his in-ring future, and I don't like it personally. I'm pretty sure I know what you're saying. He cut a promo on Saturday's show. What would that be? Collision. A collision. He promised his six-year-old daughter he would start finishing up his career when she turned seven next May. And he told Sports Illustrated that this potentially means closing up shop next summer. Um, however, he also doesn't really believe he'll ever truly retire for good. Expanded on what his in-ring <laughs> in future could look like, including the possibility of going years between matches, but never like fully retiring. So obviously, selfishly, I, he's like, I think the best wrestler in the world possibly right now. So I'd hate to see him go, but I have no issue with the guy getting out while he's relatively healthy to spend time with young kids yeah so i respect good that for him and then even like coming back for the odd time while he's still able i think that's a smart move too because like 
I feel like to say that he's gonna retire and then be like, oh, like I like that he's admitting he Correct. might come back. Right, he doesn't want to be one of the million and of those wrestlers who retires and then just comes back. I respect that. Like, and then I feel like he's the kind of guy who he'll know when to legitimately yes, retire for sure. Um, because I respect that. Because Shawn Michaels tried to do that, and after a while, I respected that because he did. To his credits, he stayed retired, but the Saudi money right. got him, right? So, and so we, we need to cherish these matches like he just had with Starks that he's probably about to have with, with Sabre. Sabre and because we're not going to get a lot of them, and I, he is he's the best. I so. hope then before he's done, we get a, one more with Omega because they never had... Right. They they ended it with a draw, and they never went back mm-hmm. to that, I think. They should, so for sure. They, we need, I think, one more with that. Um, personally, I, dream, I want Danielson Osprey then. Yes. Um, that would be Me nice too. maybe for Forbidden Door next year. Get some dream matches out of the way before he's get a part timer. Got to get a few good ones out before you. And then honestly, he should transition if he wants to. Depends if he's if he's just trying to if it's mostly about physical health. Transition into backstage doing because clearly Tony right? Khan trusts him or right? training or booking that, yeah. or whatever it is right. So keep him involved. Would clearly be my he's suggestion. like great and reliable backstage, and right. clearly Tony Khan has a lot of trust in him. He does. So because he said that, like something about he would turn Collision over to Danielson. He would be willing, not that he's going to. Yeah, or but like I think, he like, also that's told the type um, of guy he is. He also told his dad that like if something ever happened to him, he like he should turn yeah. to Danielson, right? Yeah. So I think that's yeah that's interesting. Uh, I did see something like that. Yep. And, and I guess we'll see. Yep. Um. So I thought this one was kind of weird. It just kind of came in order. So I just okay. I like it. it. I like uh, weird. Jackson Riker is now a police officer uh, in North Carolina. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Everyone should feel real safe that that guy's. Yeah. Keeping the peace for you. Yeah. Yeah, because he uh. North Carolina Sheriff's Office. He's a bit of a not pleasant fellow, if I remember correctly, what yeah. he was released for and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a weird one. What do I have next? We have WWE, even though they're not making the huge cuts to their roster that they had pandemic time and maybe before. No, nah, it, it was pandemic. That was bananas at so, time. So the Endeavor takeover is fully taken hold, right? So September 15th, so that's yesterday, I guess. We saw over 100 employees let go from the company, but not like actual in-ring performers. So it's the PW Insider reported insights and analytics team lost 17, whatever that does. Marketing, graphic design, live events also decimated was the wording they used. Um, and the network and podcasting division saw cuts too. I am notable one is Dana Warrior. See ya! Because I'm just not a fan of her. If you were married to the Warrior and you can say that you love that man and his views, then you're probably not someone I want to hang out with either. So goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else for you? I got a couple um, more. Next one was after his return on SmackDown, which was random. Uh, the Rock revealed that there were um, Mania 39 plans locked in for him and Roman. Yay. Um, it was, they were doing it, um, but it was something like um, The Rock, like it was, he said something like, we can have the match, but the bigger thought was, what can we do for the fans of this business that we love, where WrestleMania isn't the end of something, it's actually the beginning of something bigger. They wanted to like, I don't. The wording's really weird here, and I'm kind of confused. Go ahead. I, guess, like, they I love want, words. They wanted to like make it bigger or something. Like, un- he wants to give something unprecedented. I don't like. I don't really understand what that means. So they couldn't lock it down. So it might be potential for a future mania. Just like a big like, enough story or a big enough angle. I guess or probably like, oh, or something. Dumb. I don't. I maybe that's why Cody lost because if if it was Rock, I can't imagine he was supposed to win. Mm-hmm. So maybe Roman was always supposed to retain there, and so since it couldn't be the Rock, it had to be Cody. Could and be. He had to lose there. Yeah. But then I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. I don't know. 
Um, that's something, I guess. <laughs> I don't apparently, really, I don't really care about the Rock. Apparently, this past Monday Raw, there were changes. Uh, prior to the show made by Vince, I've heard he's back more than he has been. Um, heavily involved in WWE's day to day again. With now that uh, he is the chair, executive chairman of the TKO group that runs WWE now as part of the Endeavor merger takeover, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Um, so apparently changed things, including a match between Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and the Viking Raiders being moved to main event. And Cody Rhodes was supposed to open the show, but I guess he changed that to Jey Uso. So I don't know. It's just the only thing that's newsworthy to me is I get nervous anytime I hear that he's back having influence and getting involved and paying attention. Yep. It's usually a sign I'm not going to enjoy what's happening if you move away from Triple H towards Vince. Yep. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, reports AEW is expected to expand to 12 pay-per-views a year and air on Max next year. Uh, Andrew Zarin report, or he said on Twitter, I feel confident to say that AEW will be on Max in 2024 and AEW will expand its pay-per-view schedule to 12 a year. Which, I'm sorry, AEW, I don't know if I'll be paying for all 12. We'll That's see. what I was thinking. I'm hoping that if they're we'll on see. Max, that... I don't even know what Max is. HBO. Oh, okay. Oh, right, HBO Max. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'm hoping that means like you could get the pay-per-views on there. Yeah. Or something. Cause, I don't know. Yeah, I I was thinking too. I think the math would be like it's what? They're fi- like 50-ish? 50 so 600 bucks 12. a year? Oh, that's what my, my math was off then. Right? 5 times yeah. 12 is 60. Add a zero on there. Right? That's so bananas, yeah. Um, so lot. I'm hoping it's on there because then you... Like, obviously, it's not great to have another subscription, but if we could just get Max and we get like all the AEW mm-hmm. stuff and the pay-per-views, We're talking I mean, about- that's not sounding... We're talking about ditching Netflix in this house. Really? Because what do we use it for? Office. And Office is on Crave. Superstore's not. But anyways. I don't know. We'll I would ditch Prime or something. Do we have Prime? Oh, wait. That's not even ours. I don't have Prime, no. No, it's, that's almost. Yeah. Okay. My last story of the week is Sunny Kiss says that she was shocked to learn her AEW contract was not renewed. Um, and I'm only mentioning it. She was on Busted Open Radio uh, and basically started talking about Sunny Kiss's future and then Tommy Dreamer who works backstage obviously and on unfortunately for me in front of camera as well for Impact Wrestling suggested Kiss text him after the show and I think she'd actually be a good addition for Impact like I kind of thought she she is this is how it's been reporting I think so that she's I think pretty interesting and a good fit for Impact just in terms of like status level and stuff I always feel there's certain people that fit at Impact like Macklin I don't think Macklin's really a draw or super successful anywhere else, but I feel like he's a really good fit for Impact, and Sonny could be as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, that was it for me. I don't know. Do you have anything else? Me as well. All right. So let's move into our next segment, our deep dive into this Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right, sir. Tell me about Dynamite that we watched together. Start with the number three ranked Jonathan Moxley That's against right. the probably not number three ranked large William Morrissey. That takes me back to when they were actually ranked in AEW. When you said number three ranked, I'm like, what, are the rankings back? But now I know we just talked about PWI. I get it. I don't it. think Mox will qualify her rankings, obviously, because no. title. Yes. Big Bill would probably be like... Large William and Mox, for sure. Bill would probably be like, uh, I don't know, probably number five ranked. <laughs> right. Based on this. Right. Um, but yeah, so interesting match choice. Um, oh yeah, sorry was... to interrupt you. My first note, and remember in the moment, I was really confused 
because commentary are talking about Big Bill and hyping Big Bill. And then the music hits and it's Starks' music. And I had completely forgotten that he's Starks' oh, yeah. heavy, which I actually kind of think is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like it, but I had just totally forgotten. Yeah. But anyways, now um, I understand. Yeah, and uh, it's a little weird because Big Bill's heel, but I think Moxley, because they're in Cincinnati this week, so they're baby-facing him. But then mm-hmm. now with Danielson coming, I've, I've few, I'll talk about it later, but with Danielson feuding with Starks. It now, is unclear like, where... Blackpool lies, yes. especially because Claudio's still feuding with Eddie, so he's not clearly quite a heel. Because so, yeah, Eddie's it's, a face. It's really weird. Blackpool's kind of in this nebulous right now. Um, there's a series of layers from Mox doesn't take them more as he laid on more as he booted him off the apron. Uh, Post commercial break, Mox connected with the superplex. Uh, there's a nice black hole slam from Morrissey for two. Uh, King Kong later from Mox. Mox came down with the hammer and anvil elbows. Then he went for a sleeper. Morrissey got up uh, or got on his feet and rammed him into the corner. Uh, there's a nice cutter from Mox. Uh, Morrissey hit a choke slam for two. Uh, he went. He tried to choke him, but he got caught in a triangle, and Mox made him for the win. Starks and Morrissey beat down Mox, and then Danielson, or, and sorry, they beat down Mox and Danielson. Claudio made the save. So like again, it's weird. It is weird, and I, it was made me laugh because Starks, as he, they like clear out the ring, you can say he's mad because they broke his pearl necklace. He was like, "You broke my pearl necklace," or something, which I thought was funny. And I just like. I don't think Big Bill is awesome, but I, like, is there anything Mox can't do at this point? I, I've watched him a lot in Impact, right? And I don't remember him having a non-gimmick match this good. Like, there were some of the Extreme Rules or whatever that I thought were pretty good he was in. But other than tag team and gimmick matches, but I got pretty into this match. I thought it was a strong opener, really good showing for Bill. Um, and I do like him as the heater for Starks in this case. Uh and Mox sort of carrying on Orange Cassidy's tradition, right, of having really good matches to start shows probably very frequently. Yeah. Because it looks like he's coming right back to face Phoenix next week, right? So mm-hmm. I like this. Um, a good big Bill match, and that's probably a lot to do with Moxley. Yeah, I like it. It's just it's not the same, though. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, as Cassidy. Cassidy just, oh, yeah, you're his still is, annoyed by that. Well, because, I don't know, his, like you said, there's always the running storyline. It, it felt like it was an, it was a running open challenge with like, kind of a purpose, too. I don't right. know. It's just they. I feel like that was something special. It's just it was still recent. Um, it was a pretty good opener though. I thought um, Tom Morris looked pretty solid. Uh, one of his better outings for sure. I was a little confused though now though. Um, but uh, I'm wondering if Blackpool are babyface because it's just it's weird. I knew it was different because they're in Mox's hometown, but like Danson's still feuding with Stark, so he's still a face. But now Blackpool seems like they're kind of joining in on that. Mm-hmm. So like, are they a face? I'm like I'm fine with it because I love Blackpool either way. I think they're a really cool faction just in general. But I'd prefer if they stay heel because I really, really enjoyed heel Blackpool this year because I thought that was something really cool that they did this year was them just being the locker room bullies and just loved it being down everybody and just bullying the elite into reforming. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really awesome. So I would love for them to keep doing that. But um, I'm not. I'm honestly kind of unsure right now. It's uh, it's kind of weird. Um, back to the match, though. I thought it was about as good of a match as you can get from Big Bill. Um, uh, some solid stuff in there. I thought Moxley looked pretty good as well. Finish worked well. And it's nice to see Starks around again as well. I hope he's, like, once he starts wrestling more. Yeah. Again, whenever that suspension thingy is done, I hope that he wrestles on Dynamite. And I just want him to stay cocky heel with a, with Big Bill to back him up. That's yeah. my goal. Um, what's your, sorry, what's your booster juice order? Oh, this is um, professional see, podcast. If they have right watermelon now. explosion still, I'd like that. Okay, if not... Um, if not, then I will. This is behind the scenes, people. Go... I guess I'll go Funky Monkey because if I'm not, if I'm there, I could see them anymore. But and just for gotcha. quickness, we'll 
Carry on. Order is being ordered. I would rather ordered. fruity one though. Well, there's it's the other like, watermelon one. It was there's like a pineapple something. Pineapple um, freeze. Pineapple chill. Something pineapple, like that. Let me wait. Can you see them? No. Okay. I I was like, um, shoot. It might have been pineapple chill. I don't I'll know. Have to decide if I edit this out. This is a lengthy um, conversation like, about booster juice. Okay. If there's not a watermelon one, uh, just I want to know if there's like a pineapple one. Any watermelon like, one? No, the watermelon explosion. Oh. And then my backup would be Funky Monkey or a pineapple one. Because there's something that I like. I just forget what it's called. I feel like it's pineapple chill or pineapple freeze. I do too. Or like something with a mango. I don't know. I need well, to like look at the menu. this is all useless information that Honestly, I have to tell your mom what you want. I need so. to look at the app sometime. No, well. Not now, but like. So you carry on and I'll. I'm going to download the app. Super, but talk about wrestling because that's why people are here. I was. You interrupted me, sir. I know. I didn't expect it to be a three-minute divergent Is it booster rewards? I'm going to go with that. I can't order online, though, like, without a credit card. Hey, wrestling, talk about it. Do I need a credit card? Yes. So then I don't know what I'm doing. I don't either. Um, next, we got Roddy with the kingdom. Um, Cole interrupts him and asks Roddy to listen to him. He thinks it's a horrible idea after what happened with Joe last time. Rice is now Cole cares about his neck health and Kingdom believe in him while Cole only believes in MJF. He says he's going to beat Joe and then MJF and win the title because he's a wrestling legend. Indeed. I um, I laugh at neck health every time and seeing him in the neck brace. I'm still not tired of it. And I'm enjoying this story, which is kind of cool for Roddy Strong. So I wasn't expecting him to be super involved in much, to be honest. And I'm looking forward at this point to the Roddy Joe match. Um, just a quick segment to further the angle, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was another solid promo from Roddy. I think he's pretty amusing. Um, he's done a solid job building him to win this, but I feel like Joe's going to take my dream from me. Yes, I think so too. Uh, next week, Callus and Takeshita revealing their next target. Um, Callus talks about Takeshita beating Omega twice, and in Japan, they call people the top guy the ace. And so now he's not just the ace, he's the alpha. And then we get like a little graphic for that. He says that we should refer to Takeshita as the alpha from now on, and I will do that pineapple freeze pineapple free- i feel like i've had that before pineapple banana strawberry vanilla yogurt you okay, want it i'll do that as, is that no watermelon yeah okay, if there's so no watermelon if there's no watermelon I'll, I'll do that as my backup yeah sure got it okay um sorry uh cal said that being omega twice isn't enough uh, and they broke his body now they want to break his heart he said to catch his next target is, is former iwgp world champion and heart of omega kota abushi uh, then they unveil a painting with Takeshita holding a sword over Abushi, which is pretty cool. Kyle says they're going to butcher him, skin him, and burn him. Which Aggressive. Seems like pretty horrible match. But they could do my they could do my pork rind match. They could. Or um, an Inferno match. Yes, they could. Something like that. Or Eye for an Eye, if you want. <laughs> butcher him. Uh, I feel like, like is that? I can't thing? do that. I feel like Pay-per-view. you could do, like... Pay-per-view, you can okay, butcher him. Okay, here's what I'm thinking for the Not butcher thing. Here's what we're thinking. So you know how there's a ladder match, and then you do a reverse ladder match, which is uh, King of the Mountain. So I'm thinking you do a reverse pole match where there's a giant hook on the pole, and you call it a meat hook match, and you have to butcher him and hang hook him, him on, on a there? meat hook. Yes. You used to have so, to do that with si- when I was working in a grocery store match. at your age, like you are. I was in the meat room, and I had to put like whole sides of beef on those hooks. Mm. Heavy, those things tell it, are. Tell it to Kerhan. Um, this segment, I think Takesha just looks cool to me at this point. Although we were distracted because one of the streamers got stuck on his hair, on his ponytail at the back for That's a little kinda, while. Kind of it's hard to look like intimidating heel with like a bright paper streamer hanging from your hair. But anyways, I really like this because the idea of like 
like he said, we've broken your body, but that he's still obsessed with Omega and just having his guy. I kind of like that to a degree. I was like, I like. It I kind of thought they might move on, but I kind of think it's funny that Cal, Cal is just like, no, we're. But it's we're also staying on it. a way to move on without moving on because now, like, you're moving yeah. on to a new opponent. And, and then Ibushi. I feel like it might come back to to Kesha losing yeah. to Omega, maybe, which is not great, but like, it's kind of okay. I'm, so I'm you're moving anything. on to Ibushi, but with the goal of still tormenting Omega by beating Ibushi. So, um. I really like that. I I still think for the average person, they maybe need to explain the connection between Omega and Ibushi a little better. Probably. They're assuming everybody's up on it. Although I feel like it's less like the Kingdom thing, where I think the Kingdom, that's more you yes, need to explain. I feel like more. this one, I feel like I would hope most people know, but and, I, I definitely agree with you. And I that. honestly think Takeshita should win this, because if you're committed to building a star, if he defeats both of the Golden Lovers back-to-back, and they can get I think their that's revenge later, movie, yeah. fine. Once Takeshita's built, but but to say like it'd be kind of like Osprey. I was like in a the span of a few months, he's beaten Okada, Jericho, Omega. Right. I feel like to say in like um, I think it'd be a month span, right? Like we'll say like in like a month span or two month span, whatever, one or two month span, right? Mm-hmm. A short span is the point. We'll say a month just to go easy. A month yeah. span, he's beaten Omega and Ibushi. That'd be crazy, especially with how little Ibushi's been active this year. Um, that'd be crazy for him to take a loss to Takeshita. Um, I'm really hoping not, but like, and Ibushi can be like, he's got still a bit of ring rust. He's not peak form Ibushi, which I think we can all agree is not at least like if he is, they haven't shown it yet, obviously. Right. Like, so then he can be sort of built back into that. If he's signed there, like, I don't even know, right. What his status is. So, yeah. Cause like, I don't remember if we saw the signing graphic or not. I don't like, I don't think so. I don't think so, but like they keep bringing him back. So I know. I know I saw people like editing that because people love to do that, but I don't know if that's like that happened or not. Yeah. I'm honestly like half sure, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I could see it, but I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. So I thought this was enjoyable. I always loved Callus. Um, I found it amusing that he the um he just found out about people calling than the ace mm-hmm. and he's he's yeah, been right. involved like, with japan a bunch of times right. like and his whole, with entire Omega life and, in wrestling and he just learned that it's it was yeah, kind of funny that was funny the alpha thing's cool for Takeshi. i like that it's like different i like the direction they took him in here like i think abushi's a perfect choice for his next opponent um not like a japanese wrestling as well but i also like how Cass like isn't satisfied with beating and breaking omega he wants to torment him more uh we get um a fresh match now and hopefully Takeshi versus abushi is amazing hopefully like he kind of busts out Prime Ibushi a bit, or Takeshi right. can help I'm him hoping. bring that out. Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like it has to be for Wrestle Dream. I would assume, yeah. which is awesome. The painting was once again really cool. I think her name's Mel Coleman. They're pretty cool. Um, I follow her now because I found her, especially because she must be churning them out pretty quick. I found right? her off of the Chaos Takeshi graphic that I love. Yeah, um, they should her, sell her prints stuff's to them. Really cool. Um, I think yeah, if they yeah, that'd be really cool. I would definitely buy the Centaur one. Yeah, that that's one's funny. awesome. I but I think yeah she does great work. I love the, this one. The Centaur one's awesome. The one with Jericho was pretty good. The one with Bad News Allen, and then the, obviously the uh, the one that caused the Osprey match. Yeah. But I think I think her work's really awesome. Um, I don't know how she does that, but it's pretty sweet. Uh, really nice bit though. Looking forward to this match a lot. If AW are bold and serious about pushing Takeshi, mm-hmm. like you said, I say screw it. Have him beat Abushi. Yep. Just push him to the moon. This is his year. He, this is the year to start establishing him. Then next year. You start putting him to the top, or like only, not tippity top, but you know, start he's putting him there. Only known in North America as yours. He's not from anywhere else, he's as far from, as people are yeah, concerned. Yeah, J- Japan. He's whatever, but so, like here, he's 
this is his exposure. Yep. So you can kind of they can kind of tell him as a homegrown guy, right? right. To a degree, right? Yep. But um, I'm super pumped for this. Uh, Me too. Looks like things are on the up and up for Takeshita, which is what we like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we get an interview with Blackpool backstage. Um, Danielson says they're all about escalating, and he challenges Starks and Bill to a tag match against him and Claudio on Collision, um, which I think we're getting tonight. Uh, Marvez talks about Mox and Claudio having title matches next week, and Mox says it's just a day off to them. Uh, Phoenix comes up with Penta and Eddie with him shouting at Mox about how he's going to take the titles, or sorry, the title. Uh, wrestling security keep Lucha Bros away from Blackpool, and then I, meanwhile, I love um, Eddie is surprisingly silent, standing on Claudio, and then he laughs maniacally and says, one more week. Which yeah, that was really funny. Um, so again, I think it's weird because I thought Mox was kind of heel here. Mm-hmm. Like his line seems healy, and then he's got like the fired up baby face looking for revenge mm-hmm. against him, right? So like, I feel like Danson and Mox were both good, but Danson seemed baby face, Mox seemed heel. Then Claudio's still heel feuding with Eddie. So like, maybe Blackpool are this weird tweener faction right now, which usually I think would be kind of dumb or weird. But I think Blackpool. I've always thought. They're just kind of this different kind of group with yeah. the way their dynamics work, just the way they're formed. The whole concept of their group is different intrinsically from other factions. Yeah. So I feel like them having heels and faces there, like these murky I agree. alignments works for them and I them agree. only. Because I feel like most factions, you, they have to be all on the same page because that's how they work. But this faction is different. doesn't have to be. They're, 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 just they're even different. different in terms of they regularly like beat on one of their members and he's still a member, right? Yeah. There's that, and I think so too. And I'm not it's si- ca- that's which is kind of like what Walter did to Imperium sometimes, but like I feel like they do it better. And I think someone, I think the guys at Poison Rana were talking about it. It's kind of what um, Dempsey and Gulak are doing to on like a lower level, yeah. What's to Miles Bourne, right? So yes, I think Blackpool could be the faction. It's really where weird, but like it could work. We all train together and are part of this club, but that doesn't mean that we're all yeah. heels or all faces. And sometimes they are, right? Like obviously yes. this year They're we had the all as heels, which, and obviously I love that better. But I feel like it's a this is a group where having this weird dynamic where I'm not entirely sure what they are is not an issue, especially because I inherently like them all. And it's interesting. So and it, it's, it is it's interesting. Even yeah. like you don't even know who's really in charge of that faction other than it's not Yuta. I would say Right. I I would think Mox. Me too. But, but also Danison speaks a lot, right. so it could be them. I feel like And Claudio's technically a champion of a company. I would I'm using say air it's quotes probably here. it's probably in between Mox and Danison, but I also really loved Eddie here. I thought I loved how like he was surprisingly calm and then just the, his laugh made me laugh. And here. I like that the whole thing was kind of a backdrop for them. And I think because Eddie is always talking and running his mouth, the fact that he's not here indicates how like personal and upset this is. That's helping me. Because remember before I was like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't yeah. really get it. But now they've been doing it long enough in AEW that it does feel like the hatred's starting to come through. And the fact that mm-hmm. he's so mad he's not even talking when all, all he does is talk, right? Um, <laughs> his, his evil laugh at the end. It's like one of those uh, contagious I thought things. Phoenix getting in Blackpool's face seemed a bit out of character for him. but I it, mean, they did kayfabe injure him and get take right. him out of all that's in. true and so it did create the backdrop for claudio and eddie there so i liked it um and i loved that little detail of moxley because this is after his opening match so he's like dead n- unsteady on his feet like looking woozy from the blood he's lost right so good detail mox always Probably work- not the first time though. mox is always working man yeah i mox like it never rests i don't know if he ever took that break he no. was supposed to get supposed to i think he got robbed last year and i don't and that I, was I the punk any follow complaints. right yeah yeah I haven't heard any complaints, so nope. what, what a guy. He's not gonna. He's not gonna complain publicly. That's not his style. If he he'll do it right, I'm sure. If he has problems, he'll 
it'll be privately expressed to the people involved and not somebody who's going to do it publicly. Mm-hmm. And speaking of all in, I've seen a lot of Santana Ortiz issues going around and people yeah. think it's a storyline, but I think I've heard the whole it's not. them insisting it's Mike Santana feels like him being like, I need to go singles and I need to not be Santana and Ortiz anymore. I need I'm to inch away from that. Concerned with package. that. I don't. I still don't understand how this has all happened. Like, what was? I don't. Their, what the precipitate the catalyst? I don't. I know. don't understand what the catalyst for that was because wasn't I it like I, they I disagreed on something? I but I don't know how it's descended into this now, where they're like, uh, it kind of makes me sad because I love that team so me much. And selfishly, I want them to team again, but I honestly don't really. And they've been like absent since All In, right? At least they worked that, but they didn't even enter together. They just came out with Black Bull. Like it's not like they had their own entrance or anything. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a really weird thing. Just um, Phoenix ain't taken out of that made me think. Because then I was like, oh yeah, then Proud and Powerful came back, which was interesting. Like, I don't know. It's really weird. And I'm trying to find it here. If I find it while I'm you're talking, trying to I'll... figure out like what I f- I think there's definitely still issues there, but it's honestly so hard to tell what's going on. I don't know. Anyways, next we get a quick hook interview before he speaks. Um, Cassidy comes in. He says, he's just walking around. He says he saw Hook mad about something. He asked what Hook has to be mad about because he can wrestle. He doesn't have tape on his body, and he has a championship. And Cassie says he used to have one, which I like that. It's about as mad as he's gotten right? Uh, when he's still laid back. Hook says he was a great champion. Cassie says Hook is too. They like fist bump or whatever. Hook leaves, and Renee asks if Cassie's okay. He says he's still just so tired. Um, so this is solid. Uh, nice way to keep Hook speaking to a minimum again. It's definitely weird seeing Cassie on the download after his title run has gone down, but hopefully they make use of him sometime. Um, I doubt it would happen, but I would so be okay with them like having a redemption arc, building him back to getting the title back. Yeah. Like, honestly, because... So does he lose to Hook, and that's, like, rock bottom or something? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know? like, I feel like they could build him back to gain the title again, and I think you maybe give him, like, a mini version of the run we already had. Because I, like, I love Mox and all, but I really think... They should build Cassie to elevate someone else because Mox didn't need it. Right. Right. Um, I just missed that run a lot. Uh, Mox is great. He had a good match this week. Cassie, I feel like it's just different. Yeah. Hit, Hook's hair was crazy in this, too. Oh, yeah. right? It's messy so as hell. But yeah, I'm just hoping they're not de pushing Orange Cassidy to Hook's level. No offense to Hook, but he's not. He's not like, on that yeah. level, right? So I do like that they got Cassidy on TV and that he's clearly. His character's not a little bit different, like the laid-back, carefree guy. He does care a little he's bit about like, that run and that he's title. He's not over it, right? Um, so which I like. I like I'm that. not over it. And we'll see, You're definitely not over it, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, we get our women's match of the week, which is Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker uh, in a four-way eliminator to determine who will face the Raya for the AEW Women's World Championship at Grand Slam next week, mm-hmm. which almost marks a year of Soraya. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Soraya. A couple of notables from here. Sheeta hitting Diamond Cross by to the pile uh, of people. Um, Baker to super kick to Rose and Storm hit a German suplex to Baker, then a hip attack on the corner to Rose before taking a suplex from Sheeta. So that was decent. Uh, there was a beast bomb to Storm for two. Curb stomp to Sheeta from Baker, and then Storm rolls her up from behind for the win. Curb stomp to Sheeta looked awful. Sheeta, I think mostly yeah. Sheeta's fault. She, like, set up and started early i don't know it i thought it was weird weak. tony storm still came with the outcast theme in the entrance but then she's like doing this new character and she's like i don't like i still don't know how to feel about this character Same. but i'm not i don't i don't want to say i'm not liking it yet but i'm not 
They're not like I I don't find they're advancing it at all. It's still in the same spot. So like I'm not okay, so the West Side I can wear this, it's really weird, but like I'm not disliking it. Like I'm not actively disliking I'm it, but the same, I'm, I think. I'm for sure not leaning towards liking it. No. Like I feel like if they don't flesh this out soon and they don't then, yeah. evolve it, it's gonna become a cargo kind of thing really quick. Correct. For me. That is very fair. I think this has potential. But I feel like if they don't actually try with this really quick, I'm right. not going to care. Yes. And didn't she say she was going to give us a look into her life this week? No. No look. Where? Right. And that's Nothing. the kind of thing I need. Like, So if you're just that would have been her helpful. Like this, that might have changed my opinion. And she's like a film noir, whatever. But like... This just felt like Tony Storm randomly just started having like... What's the identity disorder or whatever? Like something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like could, she's just randomly different. You could have some entertaining vignettes where she's out in the real world behaving like a movie star you know what i mean yeah that's that that's totally something. something that could work like hire us but for right now we team. have no idea what she actually is i don't even think or why even like she's, or any why i mean like i guess losing the title but like she was still normal for a bit i don't know it's just like even though i kind of get a reasoning there it's still random because it was like it's just it just happened. Yep, I agree. I don't know. And I think... It like, was kind of weird in this match, I thought. Something was off in this match for me. For I sure, I thought there yeah. were some decent stretches. And on paper, this is a good set of talent, right? Like, yes. Nyla Rose is not the most prominent, but I think when it comes down to it, she's a good, like, she had some, hoss for the division, Exactly. Right? Some good power spots. She's, here that, yeah, that, she's had some solid matches as well. Baker, obviously, we love, generally speaking. Sheeta, we like. love, generally speaking. And Storm, no problem. Storm, I like a lot more than I did Same. Any, anywhere else. But um, this was just... It just didn't work for me And much. again, it seven, was okay. seven minutes, commercial break in there. Yeah, I, the best thing I can say is it was good when it got going. Because yeah. I think, like, there were some solid things in here, but it was far too short. Like, there's four women of decent star power for this division, We should love right? this. These are probably four of the biggest women yeah. of, in the division, right? Give them 12 to 15, and we exactly. love it. Exactly. And we did. And, like, we get seven, and it's fine. Yeah, there's always something off of the women's matches, I find. Um it's not like in a sexist way or anything like that. No, it's not just, at all. It's just how it works. I just find they're just never as clean as the men's matches, and it just doesn't help that they're not given the time required to put something right. good together. Maybe it's just like lack of experience in some capacity, or just the lack of time. They don't have time to construct a competent match all around. We have a history I mean? of loving women's divisions. We yeah. loved NXT women. I loved at some points the knockouts division was right. fantastic. Yeah, and there's some actually good star power in this. There like is. I said, for their division, like relative to the division, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, so. I think they deserve some time here. It's not like they gave us a random four with like Marseille's Martinez and Sky Blue, like they did that right. one time on Rampage or whatever. Um, like this was fine, but I feel like it could have actually been good if it didn't end so abruptly and had more time to work with. Like I feel like you could have shuffled something around it, or like at least do this and make the match like maybe a little better if you want to keep the same time and give Storm her segment because Storm just like she did some weird poses here and like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And there's I put, some disconnect with that gimmick for me. My notes say someone important really must love Tony Storm. She gets three or four different characters before some women in AEW get one. This is probably her right? third thing or fourth thing, depending, because she was a B face and there's like Thunderstorm for a bit. And then, then there's Outcast. Then there's like every time is. you see the champion Statlander, you go, "What's her gimmick?" I'm I'm gonna keep saying that right? until it happens. And like, she's a champion. Her thing that says more than a woman. That like. That's not a gimmick. That's a catchphrase at most. So bottom line, I don't think, and I think what you were saying it already, is that this did not showcase the talent that these women have. No, not There's at a all. better way to exactly. do this. Exactly. That's a perfect way to sum it up. And then next week, like, Storm Soraya. I know. Yay? Right. I don't... It's kind of like... Then that faction still dominating that 
division. They're taking out the that... women's match next week. Literally. Like, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like what I'll say about Jericho and Guevara later. It's a match between like the former faction mates that I don't care about because I don't care about this group. And they... I think it's different because with Jericho and Guevara, the issue you were saying, and I agree, I share the sentiment that their face heel dynamics have been wishy-washy in late. But th- this, I feel like it's kind of... Actually, it might be kind of similar because they're all heels, but now Storm's distancing herself from them, but she's still kind of heel, yeah. but she's different. So like, and then now Soraya seems like kind of she's a face now, but which is random because it's like it reminded me of your complaint with Gigi Dolan. It's like, why does she get to be a baby face because Storm like, accidentally right. hit her mom and like, but and then but for it the last three years she's been a heel exactly. and shown nothing yeah. else. And, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. And just the match has no heat for me. I don't yeah. care about the dissension in this group. I don't really care about Storm's whatever she's doing because they're not doing a good job of making me interested in it. Because pretty soon I'm gonna just start not liking it just for because they're not giving me a reason to like it, right? So and then Soraya is actually coming up. So I guess we can just keep continue talking about this. Yes. Um we get to see her with Soho and. I don't like hair dye. I think ha- hair dye is dumb, but Soho looks weird without hair dye, so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't really notice. Usually I don't like it, but it being just, color it just deficient, looks, not just looks weird, if I'm being honest. But Soraya congratulates Storm on her win. She's proud of her. I hate when she calls people. She's like, congrats, baby girl, or something like that. I hate it. It sounds dumb. It's like, you know how you don't like the tongue out? Yeah. I don't like that. It's weird. I don't like it. Um, She says when she debuted last year, yep, it's been a year almost, mm-hmm. uh, she was the new girl and Tony was champ. But now Storm has lost everything to her, and she's the big star now, and now Storm is crazy. She says, after next week, Tony will be left with nothing. So my fr- the first thing I noticed, the first thing I noticed as she was talking was, so now that Saray is the apparent baby face, and yeah, I'm using air quotes, yeah. uh, in this feud, uh, she's back to giving heel promos as a baby face, right. much like I- the Baker feud all over again, like we had last year. This I have was the our, same notes, buddy. our prime complaint last year, and it's coming back, I think. I don't think a proper baby face would speak like this. She's bragging about taking a title that was Storm's and taking her friend. Uh, and she's also going to leave Storm with nothing. Uh, it's not a good baby face promo at all. Yeah. Thanks, mother. Um, no I, talking? <laughs> you don't, don't want to make your debut on the podcast right now? No. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that picked up or not. I'll find that sec and turn it way up. Don't Thank worry. Thank you. Um, and I don't know what she's done to deserve being a baby face again, like you said, aside being from her hometown in one show. Yes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't register for and me. I, so, so many things. That leads me to something else I've been thinking. We got is the that, watermelon. Is that her? The way she's being treated in AEW reminds me of WWE because I feel like they are determined to get their return on investment, and they overestimated her draw, yeah. and they are sort of jamming her down our throats, right? Like, no, no, we, we were sure she's a big deal, and we spent a lot of money to get her, so we're going to get some value out of her, and you, you, we don't really care what you think, because I don't think she's well-received. And I know you're gonna, they can go, well, she's a heel. You're not supposed to, but I don't think people not care now. much. I don't hear, because once we're done recording, I listen to a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff, and it feels like nobody's like super impressed with her. So it's just reminding me of WWE a bit, which is always scary. Yeah, it always is, yeah. And with like her kind of being babyface now, or whatever it is makes me care about this less because it's just like the dynamics are so weird and again if she is the baby face why would i root for her she's been a heel for the past few months yep. she doesn't sound like a baby she face won here. a match in front of her home crowd now cool. she's a face and Boom. this is not a baby face promo this is the exact same thing that happened now tony storm's gonna cut a baby face promo next week before the match and it's gonna be the whole thing all over again like it does not work 
And, you know, it's funny. I compared this to Jericho and Guevara. Guess what's next? Right. Jericho and Guevara. There it um, is. When I was looking at the TGR review, he pointed out they should be lay sex gods because it's plural. Correct. Good Canadian boy pointing that out. Good for him. Um, so Jericho talked about how the first time in four years they'll have a match against each other next week. Uh, great. Um, he said they have been the best of friends in AW for four years, I guess. Yep. If that's what that is. Um, a video package aired about all the great moments between them and also showed some of the problems they've had. Um, Jericho talked about in 2018 just watching NWA pay-per-view. It was the 70th anniversary or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it was something. I don't I don't remember. I don't care. Um, he, and Guevara was on the pre-show. Uh, he said um, he saw him on there. He called Tony Khan saying they need to sign this guy. And he said this was in 2018, so that math doesn't check out. It doesn't? I don't know. You're the math guy. AW started in 2019, and even if you want to say, oh, they were talking about it, then that would have to be late 2018 because All In was September 2018, right. so it have to be after that for there to even be talk of AEW. And that being said, I don't know when Jericho was talked about being brought on board, so I don't know. I feel like the timeline's a little wishy-washy. Maybe he got the year wrong because if it was like 2018, then maybe, yeah, but I don't know. Because Guevara was on the pre-show of the first Double or Nothing because I remember him and Kip Sabian right. were the first match. And we were like, so, we watched him. We saw with Sammy. The, with the panda head. Yeah, with the panda head. But um, timeline's a little weird, I feel like. Um, But yeah, I said he called Tony Khan saying he needed to sign this guy. He said he wanted Sammy with him to help him out as much as he could. He said over the years he's watched him from go- grow from boy to man. He's seen him get married and become a father to a baby girl. Wait, she's not born yet. He's not become a father. And so. then he had to correct because he said, you're going to give birth to a baby girl. And then he had to correct it. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned <laughs> it and he corrected himself. He I was did. like, yeah, I got you. Um, Jericho said he's proud of Sammy and everything he's accomplished over the last four years, which is basically just winning the TNT title three times. I think so. So, yeah. And being part of every faction Jericho's <laughs> Which is two, but... It's like that Doofenshmirtz line from Face and Ferb. It's like, it, it was like, what, if I had two cores for every time something's happened, I'd only have two cores, which isn't a, a lot, but it's saying something that's happened twice or something like that, yeah. which it's like he's been in every faction Jericho's had in AEW, which is only two times, so that's... All of them. It's still weird it's happened twice. Um, but yeah, he said the typical wrestling thing is to talk, talk trash, Sammy Dead, but he's not going to do that because they're besties. Um, he said that when he was a kid, he used to do code breakers in his mom's backyard. He thanked Jericho for changing his life. He said, without Jericho, there's no AEW, so Jericho changed many people's lives. He said he didn't come to this company just to be Jericho's sidekicks. He wants to be world champion, to be looked at like Mox Jansen and Jericho. Just start bleeding, and that will come quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy knows that won't happen as long as he's in Jericho's shadow, so that's why he needs to be Jericho next week. Jericho said that's true, and Sammy was meant to... He was brought here to be a main event player and to draw or to be a money making draw rather than his sidekick. He said, if he wants to get a next level to the next level, he has to do it on his own. He said, next week, Sammy has the opportunity to do that. He said, he has to beat Jericho to get to the next level. Jericho said, you have to be better than ever before uh, if you have, he wants a chance to beat him. He said, he doesn't think Sammy's ready to beat him yet. And Sammy said, that's why he needs to beat Jericho next week. He says, it's always been whatever Jericho wants, and that's how it's been for years. He he said Jericho and says he's going to beat him, earns respect. They shook hands and they hug, and they will go on to win some tag titles. Um, then they shook hands and Jericho pulled him in for a nose to nose. Um, Jericho told him he's going to give him the match of his life and beat the hell of him, and he's going to go uh, harder on him than anybody in his life. And Sammy said, "I wouldn't want it any other way because they're both baby faces." I think maybe. And I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, and I apologize to people who listen every week, but he's 
each of these guys have done the sincere, insincere, heel, face, back and forth for so long, I just can't get invested in this anymore. And again, it still kind of feels like a second or third rate Cole MJF or outcast, I guess, as you're saying thing. And we're, it seems we go in peaks and valleys with Jericho. And right now, for me, we're in one of those valleys where he could take a break from being in major storylines and on TV. Yeah, every you know week, how all Danielson was saying that? I feel like Jericho kind of needs to learn from Danielson. Right. Like, just there are diminishing returns for me with Jericho, right? The more I see him, the kind of the less I get interested. So you need to sort of start... And the less I think of him. ...treating him as an attraction kind of thing. I I honestly think both of these guys did a really fine job in this segment, and I'm sure it's connecting with some people. It's just not working for me personally. So this is just kind of like, it gets a fair amount of time, and they're trying really hard. I just don't really care. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was fine at best. Both of them spoke well per the usual, I guess, but... Um, and they did a good job trying to get me into this match, but I'm going to be honest, I just don't, I don't care. I don't have an interest in it. Because, like, all this lovely stuff they said, there's a, there's a real possibility they come out next week and say the exact opposite. You know what I mean? Like, they're always just kind of, you never know, and I, and I just don't care anymore. Um, we've talked about already how wishy-washy their facial alignments have been this year, and that combined with them both being faces creates a major lack of heat for me, and I just don't care. Um, I'm disappointed, I was disappointed when Sammy said they'll still go for the tag titles after this, because I was kind of hoping that them having a match would cut off that partnership, and we wouldn't have to deal with that, but seemingly not. Here we are. Here's hoping they don't win the titles because honestly that will annoy the crap out of me because honestly like give Ozzy open the rub for MFTR. Because again we're like let's ramp this tag team division back up and I don't need them in it frankly Mm-mm. like because get, get JYV in there you know because if they're in it they're all over it right yeah. and that's the problem I get fatigue with Jericho exactly and then I thought it was kind of dumb though because. Uh, Sammy talked about not wanting to be Jericho's sidekick, and he wants to beat Jericho to distinguish himself and you know stand on his own two feet. So then after he beats Jericho and stands on his own two feet, he's going to win tag titles with Jericho? And we're going to stand on our four feet. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, he wants to be his own man, but he wants to win tag titles with Jericho. Be his so own like, man just for one match. And then right back to sidekicking. I guess? Like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully the match next week's good. I'm just not invested in the story here. And be Aussie open for no reason, so that's minus points for me. Correct. Uh, next, we got an MJF interview in the medical room, which is filmed from last week. Um, the doctor dude says Max isn't cleared to travel next week, and it'll be okay for Grand Slam, and MJF celebrates a week off, which so, is kind of funny. Because I feel like we're seeing signs of old heel MJF in this a little bit, right? Which I like. It's just shining through well, because I like, it's part of like, him. Yeah, it's I like, and I feel like that's been like kind of a constant thing. Like he's always still him, but like it's toned down, or he's kind of different. Cole's helping him be a better person, but he's still a dirtbag. He's to still some him. Degree. Yeah, yeah. He says Roddy is faking his neck injury, and he says he is his is a little screwy. But after the tourney, he'll rip Roddy's head off and shove it up his ass. He calls him a wet blanket in a third wheel and tells him to shake it off again. Um, MJF says he's not afraid of Samoa Joe, and Joe better pray he doesn't win the tournament because he would choke Joe out if Joe wrestles him. And he does his own version of Steiner math, which was so confusing. But he obviously that's great, the though. point. But he, he nailed it. Yeah. He did. Uh, if that was his first take, I would be amazed. Uh, then Colin and Jeff sign off with their tag catchphrase. Um, I really like this. Solid stuff from Jeff as always. He's always got such great di- disses for Roddy without fail. Uh, and then the what, I like what he said to Joe as well. And the... the I was hoping we'll get Roddy, but clearly we'll get Joe. And then the Steiner math was pretty funny. 
And so the Steiner math came up on the, because it's the thousandth episode of Impact. So that was included yeah. in their highlight reel at the beginning of the show, I think it was. I'll talk about that show later. Um, so yeah, I liked a couple things here. One, you've got MJF just can't go full babyface, right? You saw a little heel. I'm happy to not work and defend anything. Um, I'm getting or not really, like not even up here on Dynamite. I'm getting like really personal attacks on, and then you have Cole, who I think is doing a really good job of really subtly, like clearly he's not fully okay with fully it. okay yeah. with the the personal attacks on Roddy, right? But he's just kind of there, and because he's friends with both of them. Yeah, so I, I kind of like this as well. It's just like, okay, there's a little bit of the real MJF coming shining through, and Cole's not super great with it. So I like mm -hmm. that. Again, mm -hmm. it's a slow burn, and if it's done well, slow burn's my favorite. Yep, still don't know who's going to turn. That's so. right. Next we get Hangman Adam Ander Page uh, taking on Brian Cage in face paint. Yep. Um, Still weird. Yeah, interesting uh, to see. I don't like his tights either. I like the trunks. I said that it looked like Paige is significantly taller than Cage, and I bet you if I look at them listed, they'll because remember they list Paige at or K Cage at six feet, and I have pictures standing with him, and I'm taller than You're him, taller and I'm six him. one, and I'm taller than Cage. So I thought it was interesting to see that mm -hmm. uh, Hangman looked taller. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be too surprised, I guess, given if you're taller than Cage. Yeah. Um. Hangman low bridge, cage the apron, then connected with that springboard clothesline. Uh, later on, Hangman hit a 619, which is really weird. It was. Um, just not, I don't know where that came not from. a staple of his moveset whatsoever. Uh, Hangman looked for a buckshot, but Swerve's music hits, and he walked out. Uh, Nana starts dancing, and he's just, <laughs> he was like, well, it's funny because he was already at ringside with Cage, actually, now that I remember. And then when Swerve's music hits, he just starts dancing at ringside, so like he's... He's too good. It's so funny. And Swerve's standing on the ramp for the rest of the match. I thought it was funny because I think at the one angle I saw, like, a cameraman. They're just, like, keeping a camera on him the whole time. He's just standing, like, mean-mugging the ring. Yeah, with his grills in, yeah. which look awesome. Um, Cage hit a super kick off to a distracted hangman and then an outside-in German suplex, which is pretty Crazy. cool. Crazy, yeah. Um, Cage catches a diving hangman then curls him. Uh, when he goes for a slam, hangman counters in a crucifix That bomb. looked really good, mm -hmm. too. Hangman hits the Orihara moonsault to the outside. Um, Cage caught Hangman in a buckshot attempt. He looked for an F5, but Hangman counted an inside cradle too, which was really cool. And then he won with the dead eye, which is very odd. Yeah. Um. Then Hangman grabbed a mic, and Hangman like kind of mocked the passion and drive Swerve had while he brooded at the top of the ramp, watching him kick Cage's ass. He says, for one second last week, he thought Swerve had some balls, but after this week, he thinks Swerve keeps him stored away in Nana's crown. Um. Swerve says, "What up, turd?" And says, "Don't <laughs> don't sound like fighting words." He said uh, they'll do this on his time when he says so, and he chooses the state that birthed him, which is Seattle, which is where Wrestle Dream is. He said yes. he's going to make sure Hangman doesn't get comfortable in the meantime, and then Cage jumps him from behind. Then Nana's dancing as Cage beats him down. Then the Bucks run in, double super kick Cage, and then they kind of n mock him dancing, and he when he turns around, they super kick him as well. I thought this was a good match. Uh, Page having to overcome the dominant power of cage cage is like the perennial quality win for other people right and it's a valuable role it's not a slight on him uh winning with the dead eyes interesting and is that because you just have to hit cage with whatever you can is that a compliment to cage i don't know right because it's kind of a secondary finisher because cage was avoiding the buckshot a few times right so maybe that's the story he did there counter, yeah yeah uh the crowd enjoyed this so did i and swerve is really over uh Really looking forward to Page and Swerve. I think it could be awesome, especially on a pay-per-view, because you're going to probably give them more time than you would on TV. And I liked 
Swerve just standing there with no real reaction while his guys got taken out. He didn't run down. He didn't run away. He just stayed there and didn't really affect yeah, them. I, I kind of like that. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoy this a lot for a TV match. Um, really good as I expected. I think these two work really well together. So we've had a couple of matches from them, obviously, before back in the Daily's Place era. I uh, love seeing Cage get to exhibit his insane uh, power and agility. I feel like we got both a bit of both here, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Hangman hanging at 6 or 9 was weird. Um, overall, just good stuff, though, between these two. Um, it was weird, however, that Hangman went with a dead eye. Like, he never, it's not like he never does, but it's still always unusual. I it was feel surprising like. for me to see, mm-hmm. yeah. Hangman throw was solid. Swerve was really good, as always, too. I'm super pumped for that match. Um, it's a little weird that it's in Swerve's hometown because I feel like he'll get cheered a bit more. Feels like a fresh a matchup weird, between two it's awesome people and a super strong really heel like. and a super strong baby yeah, face. I'm right? super pumped for that. And then and if Ibushi gets if Ibushi Takeshita gets added, then if you have Swerve, Hangman, Ibushi Takeshita, Danis, and Saber Jr. That's awesome. That's, I'd that's buy it on that a already. Great trio it, that's kind of like forbidden door where i already was, have my money where it was omega osprey um okada danison yeah sold right um so this one looks pretty good next we get a garcia interview um garcia says he thought they would talk about him but of course renee is asking him about Guerrero and jericho Cal's interrupts and says he would love to hear more about garcia and says after being jericho's friend for decades he knows it's all about jericho all the time and he talks about constructing his family garcia puts a finger up to silence him and then just dances in his face and then walks away which i thought was kind of funny. i thought garcia sounded pretty natural and he doesn't always so that's good and then I kind of like, as soon as Callus came in, I'm like, I like that idea. I would love Garcia I know. to join. I think we shared the sentiment. I was actually disappointed that um, but I Garcia get... shut him down like Sammy did. Because I think it made sense for Sammy to not yeah. want it. Because he's still a lot friends with Jericho. And they're kind of like still, you know, on good terms. But I was looking for Garcia to kind of join up with Callus. Because he's a guy in the vein of Takesha that's a young and on the rise that I would like to see pushed a bit. And benefit from Callus's. Benefit of mouthpiece and yeah, mentoring. Exactly. and but I, I think, think it'd be great, but I I still want Garcia in Black Bull too. So like I don't know. His dancing I think's made him a baby face though, right? A little bit. So he can't. But yeah, that even that idea down the road we could circle back around to it. I like mm-hmm. the idea of Callus with uh, Garcia. For sure. <clears throat> um, next we have random matches: uh, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne versus Two Right. Um, Hager and Anna J are coming out with them, so they're basically jazzed without Jericho, a.k.a. what I like to call ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it as A-S, but then in brackets you have a second S, so that spells so ass. To get the pronunciation of. right. That's Important. That would be the shirt, though, you know, if, like, you were to make an ass shirt. Yeah, I was, surpri- I was like, oh, okay, Hager and Anna J are still with 2.0, so sure. I guess that. the point was just they don't want to deal with Jericho, but they're just, they're still, I don't know. Crowd chanting for Daddy Magic early on, eh? And yeah, that was made weird. me laugh. Um, as the match is just beginning, Christian Cage's music hits, so they use that trope twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he walks out with Luke Shores, and he goes to commentary. Meanwhile, 2 point took advantage of the distraction beat down Nick Wayne. Uh, Jay distracts the ref, and Hager pulls Darby down from the apron to take him out, uh, uh, preventing a hot tag. Eventually, though, Darby does get the hot tag of a commercial break. Goes on flurry against 2.0. We got a code red to Parker for two. Later on, Wayne hit the Wayne world, Wayne's world uh, for two with Menard pulling him off the pin, though. Um, then the finish came when Darby hit a coffin drop to Parker in tandem with Wayne moonsaulting to the outside to take out Hager and Menard. Um, so the baby faces pick up the win. And then we get uh, some words from Christian after. He tells Cincinnati to shut up while he conducts business, which I like that kind of being a line for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is just scrolling through Nick's mom's Instagram account this week. He had a couple of problems with that being she doesn't post <laughs> enough bikini pics. And he sent her a, a request. And then all the talk of Darby and Sting's all-in win is pissing him off. He reminds us he didn't take the loss at all-in, bearing my boy Swerve. Uh, and he says he didn't have his regular partner with him, so he challenges Darby and Sting to face him at, in Luchasaurus next week. Imagine that was a tease for Edge. I just thought of that. Yep. He doesn't have his regular partner with him. That'd be so horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sting next week. I thought the match was decent. Nothing special. I feel like Nick Wayne kind of needed a win at some point, right? So mm-hmm. 2.0 don't ever get any, so you knew kind of what was going to happen here. I thought it was a bit of awkwardness near the end when um, Magic was pulling Parker out of the ring and Darby was looked like he wanted to dive to the floor and then sort of had to audible. I, yeah, you showed me, right? But uh, Yeah, I did. And I, yeah, I like Christian Cage's promo when he's super evil. Christian, Christian Cage is what we want and like hitting on his mom and stuff is funny to me. So I, I enjoy him still right now. Uh, it's it's definitely brutal sometimes, but it's really funny. Um, Solid and Handsome matches about what you'd expect. It just kind of came out of the blue for mm-hmm. me. Mostly just to get Darby and Wayne on the show for Christian's promo. Uh, they look solid, does some nice offense, but not much of note. Uh, Christian was great, though. Um, I love his confidence uh, about uh, Nick's mom. It's just, it's really funny. Not that we have to see Sting wrestle again so soon. Can't say I'm overly interested, but hopefully everyone that isn't him can pull out a solid match. Right. Because Christian's solid, Darby's solid, and Luchasaurus is solid. Right. Um, Next, we got a recap of Roddy and Joe's semifinal wins on Collision, which rolls us right into the main event, which is Roddy Strong versus Samoan Joseph and the Grand Slam Linear Tournament Finals. It's been a long and grueling month-long tournament. What's that? It started last week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my mistake. Exactly. G1, this is not. Nope. <laughs> Those losers take a month to do a tournament. Pff, Get what, her done what in a week. idiots do it in a week. This is what happens when you have like three shows, though, because if it was just Dynamite or even just Rampage, like, I feel like it would be different. But now we're like, you could do on, and, like, an eight-man tournament is, as much as we joke about their small tournaments, is a decent, it's a good size for the TV tournament, sure. right? 16's, like, I feel like if you want to do a TV to pay-per-view tournament, uh, and then I feel like 32 is like when you do like cruiserweight classic. The entire UK. show is special. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I feel like eight is a, a perfectly appropriate TV tournament with all jokes aside. But when you do three shows and you just spam the tournament, it still feels like a short tournament. Cause it's like it literally started last week. We saw two matches from the tournament and now fast forward a week and we're in the finals. Done. Like it's crazy. Yep. Um, anyway, so Roddy beat Trent and Darby to get here, and Joe beat Jeff Hardy and Penta uh, to get here. I believe you. Um, there's a middle road missile dropkick from Roddy for two. Um, Joe hit that combo where he does the inverted atomic drop, the big boot, and the running senton. Yes. Always love that. Me too. Uh, Roddy runs with a series of forearms because he's a stamina machine. Uh, he went for a corner clothesline, but Joe just smashed him with the urinagi. I always love that. It looks so good. Um, it's it's awesome. Uh, after distraction from Bennett, draw, uh, strong, strong connects with an Olympic slam, surprisingly, and a sick kick for near fall. Really nice. Um, Brody's got such a great move, so he's awesome. Uh, he it's, it's a shame he's never really connected in the charisma, charisma department, although lately at least he's, he seems to be rounding himself out yeah. a bit. Uh, Roddy goes for a jumping knee, but gets just swatted out of the air with a lariat from Joe, Looked and awesome. eventually Joe cinches the Kakina clutch for the win. Um, post-match, Joe speaks a little. He says it's, it seems his prophecy has come true, and next week he goes to MJ's background, and he's coming for him. He'll take everything he has, everything. Uh, then Cole comes out, and then when Roddy does, immediately Roddy flops on the Mac and starts shouting in pain about his neck and shouting at him. 
<laughs> which I thought was really funny because he was standing, he was perfectly fine. Like he was obviously hurt from the match, but he's walking out fine, help the kingdom. And then as soon as Adam Cole comes out concerned, he just like starts playing it up, which I thought was really funny. It's funny, I agree, but to nitpick it, it's almost making Cole start to look dumb because he keeps falling for it, right? Yeah, which is not my favorite, but it does make me laugh that. Although I feel like this is the first time where Cole like. Where it looks like right. why he's been faking it, so yeah. at least it's not like that's what I mean, you know? just starting to. Yeah. yeah, I like the match though. I thought it was. Uh, and then, uh, I like Joe choking Cole out on the ramp at the end. Too. Yeah, that looked awesome. Uh, that reminded me of NXT when he was the enforcer, right? Because he choked out Cole. I honestly thought Joe would target the neck more in this match because it wasn't like I expected. That's the story of this match is Joe versus. Yeah, on- yeah it wasn't overly a factor. It wasn't, uh, and then I expected he would win with a muscle buster to get that over as a neck destroying move in the. Heading into a match with MJF, who's selling a sore neck, right? Still like the match. These guys are awesome. I don't think it was a top tier main event, but I enjoyed the match. And then I like Joe Badass promos are awesome. Um, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Roddy selling the neck as soon as Cole's around was was pretty funny for yeah. sure. So kind of felt like most of the matches on this show good, but not like anything anyone has to rush yeah. out and see. Quality TV stuff, but nothing amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty good as expected, though. I love both these guys in the ring. Um, they're both sick, so naturally it was a good one. Honestly, would have cut out the tag match before this and just had a Christian promo on its own so that we could get more time for this. Maybe the women, but for yeah. really just gave more time to this because I liked it. Yep. Um, I would like longer this, though, because I really like their. I think they're really cool. If Roddy was a face, I think this could be a great TV title match because then you could have a feud behind this. Yeah. I think at another time they could do this. Yep. Um, so nice words from Joe post match as well. I think it may be late for him, but I was ser- I was still very much enjoy some form of title run for Joe. Um, that's not ROH, obviously, mm-hmm. like something where we get to see him more. Yes. Although I, I like that he's been on TV lately. He can still be your top um, heel. I Joe think. looked killer taking out Cole, absolute madman. Yeah, he still could be. I just think for the world title, as much as I love Joe, I would like I'd much rather someone like Swerve, who's also at the top of his game, but still yeah. more in his prime. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to Joe, which is why like. I think they really made a mistake killing the King of TV thing so soon because it was awesome. Don't get me wrong; I think Christian Luchasaurus are great, but I would still much, much prefer King of TV because mm-hmm. then it also added something to the ROH title too. Because then it was like him having both makes him the King of TV, right? right. So I thought that was such an awesome thing that they really should have kept going longer because that is honestly the last time I remember like re- enjoying the TV title or sorry, the TNT title was. The Darby Open Challenge, and then Samoa Joe holding it. Because I thought the King of TV, that was such a great gimmick. It was fun. Um, it's honestly a really underrated little mini run for him. I think they should have really run with that. Because that, w- that could have made the teen- maybe the TNT title would be looked at differently then. Mm-hmm. you know. And if he needed um, to be a Haas title, he's still a Haas. Yep. <clears throat> Overall, uh, I like the show. Not an A-level show for me. Because, I, I mean, the women's match was just kind of okay. And then that tag team match. The other matches were at opener... Um, the main event, and there was one other one in there. Oh, Cage Page that we liked as well. Segment-wise, could have done without Jericho and Sammy, Outcasts, that kind of stuff. Everything else was okay. Uh, I feel like this was a solid B show to me. Like The the in-ring work was overall pretty good, but nothing that I thought was amazing. Kind of the same for segments. So it's Mm -hmm. a solid B. I think I'd have to agree. I think all the matches were like, Saw the best. I think the worst one was the women's match, just being a little janky. But even then, not like a bad women's match inherently. Right. Um, opener was good. Um, Cage Page probably me, probably my favorite. I don't know. It's between that and the main event, which is also pretty good. And then an enhancement tag that was perfectly fine. Um, segments were a little lower. I thought I really enjoyed Kalos and Takeshita. Me too. Um, but I didn't like Jericho Guevara obviously or anything Outcast. Um, 
Hook and Cassie's a little bit was solid. Blackpool is good. Um, anything Samoa Joe said after the match was good. So, like, yeah, um, perfectly solid show, but nothing that's going to blow you away. Nothing that's, like, you missed anything, really. Um, so I would also go B-Show. Perfectly fine. Yep. All right, so let's move into a little bit of our trivia. Um, we'll challenge Jack to see what he knows about wrestling. Spoiler, it's a lot. It's called Off the Top of His Head. Okay, in honor of your boy, Top in the PWI, I don't know if I've done this before. Again, doesn't really matter. I it's, feel like maybe, but... we his I went with his greatest championship matches. So I don't know if we've done that All before. Right. And it gave me 12. So I'm going to give you the event, and you can tell me the match and whatever else you know that happened. Because I asked for a brief description, and that's always where it lets me down. So uh, the event is Hell in a Cell 2015. It is. We're going. Sorry, what was it? Matches? So you're going to tell me the match, the type of match, if you want, because uh, it's all it championship matches. So Rollins, he, Rollins and Kane should be for what title? WWE title. They said World WWE World Heavyweight. So Technically, yeah, but and what type? It's of match? the WWE title. It was when they called it that because it was post unification. So I'm right, but they're also right. So so and type of match? It was a regular match. Was it? It was. Because they're saying. Rollins faced Kane in a Hell in a Cell match. It wasn't. I specifically remember that it wasn't a Hell in a Cell match, and that was weird. Interesting. Okay, TLC 2018. Um, 2018? Oh, that'd be Ambrose. For which title? IC title. Correct. Should be standard, I think, as well. Uh, that match was, did, was surprisingly not amazing. It just describes it as a brutal and emotional match. It was normal. Extreme Rules 2018. Oh, um, Ziggler, IC title, Iron Man. Correct. Very good. Remember, that was the one. Remember, the crowd kept doing the Royal Rumble countdown, and they oh, had to take the yeah. clock off the stage. Oh, yeah. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Crowd. WrestleMania 35. Uh, Lesnar, uh, Red Jam Belt, and it was Sander as well. Yep. SummerSlam 2019. The same thing. What do you mean? Lesnar, Red Belt, Standard. Correct. That was Toronto one. That one's a really good one that I liked. You know, I think you're going to get That was the one where uh, he swung around on the rib tape. Oh, yeah. I like that, that one. Just ragdoll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Money in the Bank 2019. Uh, Styles, red belt, normal match. Correct. Wow. So far, AI is doing well. They said it's the seventh best. So now we're on sixth. WrestleMania 34. Um, Balor, Miz, IC title, triple threat. Correct. Also a very nice match, I would say. That was the one where he wore like the Game of Thrones gear and he had the blue contacts in. If you <laughs> Look remember. at these details, folks. This is what I'm talking about. And he had about. a special Tron, too. There's so much room of your brain is taken up with wrestling facts that we need to find a way to monetize it somehow. This, this is why I don't remember school things as much. <laughs> too full of wrestling stuff. <laughs> Money in the Bank 2016. Oh, I love that match. Uh, Roman. They said it's the fifth best title match. Roman, WWE title, or World Heavyweight, whatever you want to call yes. it. But WWE title, technically. Uh, and standard match. Yep. I love that. That match is really good. That was his um, like first big match when he returned, if you remember. Yeah. Because um, that's the one. And do you remember like he caught the spear with the pedigree? Oh, yeah. It's that match. We and then that. Ambrose Cash. That match is awesome. I love that. That's one of my favorite main roster matches of all time. I love that one. WrestleMania 33. Um, no, Triple H unsanctioned match. 
Triple that, H is correct. They called it a non-sanctioned match, so I don't know who to that's believe. Same thing, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> the one where he wore. Uh, so remember the entrance. Triple H and Steph came on the motorcycles. Oh my god! And yeah. It's the stage where, cause so it's the one. It's the Orlando one, right? So it had the theme park mm-hmm. theme to it, and it had like the longest ramp right. you've ever, ever. seen. Uh, and then remember Rollins? He did the one where he had the gold gear and he had the torch, and he did it, yep. and then the flames went yep. down. I love that. That looked cool. That was awesome. That was cool. especially because the long ramp was all LED'd, so yes. like. It was awesome. I remember that. Yeah. SummerSlam 2015. That was, was pre burn it down. So. SummerSlam 2015. Um, Cena, which would be WWE title, US title, title for title, standard Correct. match. Uh, AKA John Stewart match. And Rollins won both, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the Stewart one? That's the Stewart one, yeah. And that's gotcha. the one with the all white, too. Uh, that's the debut of the all white. This is too easy, eh? Two more. Yeah. Number yeah. two match for him Money in the Bank 2014. That would just be a Money in the Bank match. No. Wrong. Is it the one with Ambrose? They're saying Ambrose. That's 2015. So that and, would be a ladder match for the W title, but that's 2015. 2014's when he won Money in the Bank. So here's their... They seem to have merged a few things together because I asked for a brief description, right? So they said, here's here's chat GPT. Money in the Bank 2014, Rollins versus Ambrose. Rollins faced his former Shield partner, Dean Ambrose, in a brutal ladder match. For the Money in the Bank briefcase. They definitely merged those. Which contained WWE World Heavyweight Championship contract. <laughs> you know de- they definitely got it a little confused. So do you know what someone's pitched? I, I wish I could give them credit. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I feel like at some point people are going to think that's your cop-out from not crediting people. It's like you, you keep forgetting. I just can't. I gave Poison Rana credit for something today yeah, already. That's true. I, that, I guess they're it, Canadians. So. I heard it somewhere in the wrestling universe. Um, the IWC. Because what was it? That Priest got a new case made by... Was it McDonough made it for McDonough him? McDonough gave it to him. So what if like McDonough gave him that one and it's empty and Priest just never looks and McDonough has the other one that I has saw it I saw a thing. No, they put out a thing on the internet on YouTube that was they literally... Him and Ballard did a thing where they put the contract oh, in the bummer. new case. Because that would have been cool. I saw that. And he goes to cash be, in and it's not there. I hate that they, they put and the McDonough con- runs down after him with it? <laughs> that would be McDonough, sick. McDonough wins the title. That would be crazy. That's a fun storyline. W- yeah, that makes me annoyed that they actually like showed Not- them switching the contract. You know what I mean? And the only reason I say it's someone else's idea, because I don't want people to think it's mine, because it's not. I-, I thought it was a good idea, though, Yeah, that that's cool. But that's, that makes it dumb, because then that's the only time I don't know if they've ever actually shown the contract in there. It's like, now I wish they could do that, because yeah. that'd be interesting. Uh, And then the number one here, getting back to the trivia, WrestleMania 31. That's a weird. Uh, I don't. Um, so what was it? Was it a match? It was when he cashed in Money in the Bank. Correct, and so that's their number one here. That's because it's historic. Who did he cash it in? What was happening against Lesnar and Roman? Correct, and then it was for the WWE title or World Heavyweight. Oh right, so he made it a triple threat. Yeah, but he's a I baby think face at that point, obviously. No. So why would he wait? Why wouldn't he wait until somebody won? I guess they were both down, and oh. I guess he just kind of took advantage. Okay, Plus, okay. then he pin, then he pins Roman instead of pinning Brock. So he came in mid match. I don't remember. Yeah, okay. he's like they were both being the crap out of each other, and people actually really play, praised that match. And then so they're both down after beating the crap out of each other. Then Rollins turns the kids. He bolts down in the ring, cashes in. I think he stomps Roman and kicks him out. Then he stomps Brock or something like that. He goes for it again. He goes for. 
no, he like he sorry, he kicks Roman out, then he stomps Lesnar, then he goes to stomp Lesnar again, but he gets caught in for an F five, but then Roman spears Lesnar, Rollins Jeez. gets out, then Rollins stomps Roman and gets the win. Nice. Uh weird thing I remember is that the you know how we had those WWE comics that we just randomly found yeah. for a while? Yeah. Um weirdly enough, they're all shield related. Yeah. Because uh, you love we, the shield. Actually, I know I have some other ones now, but most of the ones were shield related. Um, but anyways, the when they retell that thing, they did it with the pedigrees. I think that was they were made in the period where they the the curb stomp was persona non grata. Right. So I always thought that was interesting because he was using the stomp then. It was, it was before he started adopting right. the pedigree. So I don't know. That's interesting. I think that's such a weird choice to put for his best matches though, because it's definitely his best moment of all time, but. It's not one of his best matches. He wasn't even in the match like, fully. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really count. Like, I don't know. That's just kind of how dare you. That's kind of dumb. But anyways, you absolutely crushed that. No, not even that many mistakes from uh, AI to make no, it I interesting. No, I think they made really. I would only go one mistake and then a questionable choice. It's crazy. They're getting better. Yeah, but they're, now they're we'll, catching up to me. I don't like it. We'll switch back to talking about wrestling in a segment where we can talk about whatever else we watched this week in the world of wrestling, and that's high spots and rest holds. All right, let's start up Monday Night Raw. What do you have for um, us there? I have one for there and then two SmackDowns. Perfect. Um, my one rest hold, I think you know what it is. I did. Is, I think I do. Uh, Nia Jax returning. Yeah. Uh, and Hooray! Attacked Raquel, cost her to her match, and then beat every Ripley. Yay. Yeah. New title challenger. Woohoo. And I was telling you, I watched a video today of, and I know who it was. I can give proper credit. It was Stevie Richards breaking down her return and already, and he claims, and I've seen a bunch, a bunch of his, or some of his stuff. That he tries to stay positive and whatever, and he's not looking to pile, I respect that. Not looking to pile on, but he did point out a couple of things within her brief return here that were already unsafe. He thought the Samoan drop, and he slows it down and shows it frame by frame. It was full weight onto Gonzalez. I think that's out cool on the though, because that's something like that he would pick he up knows. on better because he wrestled. Right. So I think that's actually kind of and cool. also the bonsai drop. He was pointing out how to and of course Nia Jax does a bonsai drop because like. Because that's what people do in modern day wrestling, right? To um to lighten the impact, she is to hold on to the top ropes the whole time if she can, and she releases, and so that's full weight coming down on Rhea as well to some degree. And then he also pointed out like not I, to I be just don't trust her. He's like not to be whatever, but a lot of the women in this company have implants, and if she puts full weight down a little bit too high, you're risking yeah. Say what you want about implants, a rupture like... in a medical medical situation, yeah. right? Yeah, um, that's um. I just don't trust her, and uh, it's like part of it's I don't trust her in the ring because she. And what do we need her? She what injured is she... right. She injured Kyrie. She's injured Becky before. Yeah. She's injured. I'm pretty sure she got Bailey once. Like, and then she's also just, she's just bad. Yeah. Like she's always been bad. Yep. And I thought the Rumble was a one off, and now I'm just kind of concerned. She's just she's not good. Sometimes there's like, cause I'm not I'm not gonna like size shamer or whatever because that that's not and my, big women in wrestling are awesome yeah awesome kong like is one big, of my favorite ever right big people in general there's some that are great like not yeah. all of them are immobile but right. she's not one of the good ones and no. i don't want to say, like i'm not commenting on size that's not my problem but i just don't think like in that realm she's not even one of the good ones and possibly dangerous she no she is yeah she is uh so that was it for raw you said yeah there, it's really not much like i don't know it's hard to like it's just boring right now that's you know? fine that's what you're here to just pick what you liked or didn't like. Uh, NXT high spot. We For me, it was Wesley, Ilya Dragunov. Um, and it's funny because both of them are so good and on such a roll right now. 
like even as the match was starting, I'm already getting my notes ready. NXT high spot. Like there was almost no chance it wasn't going to be, and it was really simple story. So they're both baby faces right now, but they both feel like they should get the next title match. And this match was to decide the number one contender. And I think that's why the face-face dynamic wasn't There's a big a deal. been a lot of number one contender because what Dragonov got his spot being Breaker, Wesley got his being yep. Dijak, and now they're that's kind of interesting. And it's just easy, right? They're both professionals. They have the same goal. They have to compete for it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had Dragonov hitting a German suplex to Lee onto the announce table. You had Lee with a nice counter at one point into a Spanish fly for a near fall. You had Dragunov countering a head scissor with a hard knee to the gut and then a really stiff clothesline for a near fall. Dragunov actually catches a cardiac uh, kick attempt, but then Lee counters that into a DDT. Looks good. Lee does that spot where he dives over the corner to the floor, but he kind of overshot it here and barely contacted <laughs> Dragunov. Then we got a big superplex diving forearm by Dragunov for a near fall. And I don't know, that forearm always looks so good, and it's such a simple thing. I, oh, yeah, the one where he's like kind of coming down yeah. on him. Yeah. Then Torpedo Moscow is countered with a high knee, but as Lee catches his breath for a second, Dragunov quickly fires up, hits that falling forearm to the back of Lee's neck, picks up the win after 13 <clears> minutes. <throat> really good competitive TV match. Um, these are two of the guys that make NXT really fun to watch. I think you're sleeping on NXT a little bit right now, and you should probably get back to it because you're guaranteed a couple of good matches every week. Um, there's just a group of high-quality performers, and whatever combination they're in, they're kind of delivering, So if they're given enough time. So no chance this wouldn't have been a lot of fun. A uh, really good opener, I thought. And question to you, do you have Melo lose to Dragunov? No. See, I'm, I I think maybe I th- you do. I think Melo's too good, though. I don't, I don't but think then, so. I don't think he's had enough of a run, though. To me, if Dragunov loses, then he has to go. Yeah, I think that's Which better. I don't like either, but... I don't know. I feel like... They've set the precedent with Gunther and some other people that they, it's not necessarily the death sentence now. No. And I think, honestly, I don't... I feel like then if Melo loses, maybe he has to go, and I don't... Right. I feel like Melo hasn't gotten the run he deserves yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's built himself up, or he's been built up to the point where he deserves to have a good run. I don't think he should... And plus, I think the story is, from what I've seen, he's doubting that he can beat Dragunov on his own, and I think the vindication is he beats Dragunov on his own. Or it's... I feel like... Him losing to Dragunov is kind of like proves everyone right. Or Dragunov wins and that proves Melo does need Trick and Trick's like, haha, you do need me, and they spin off into that. But they're not feuding. Their their things only kind of. But they're slow build, slow building towards that a little. It looks like though. But anyway, I think Melo wins. I don't. I don't like him. I feel like Dragunov could win. I don't know what I want to have happen. I'm kind of cool either way. But Mm. um, then we had. I I think I'm leaning towards liking it. So at the end of last week, right, they had to everything go black as Braun Breaker was attempting to murder Von Wagner with the steps. And I guess they did a really good job live of making it seem that they were, it was real for the people in attendance and stuff. Um, and Vic comes on and apologizes for some of the comments he made in the heat of the moment last week. And he, what announced, he say? I, I don't know what he said exactly, but clearly something like he was acting outraged and maybe like something slipped out, like he cursed or something. I, I don't guess, know. Yeah. Um, he says that Vaughn's been diagnosed with a minor skull fracture and given Vaughn's history of skull surgery, right? Obviously, this is a big deal, and I don't think there's a timeline for return. And you know what? This does make Braun look like an absolutely despicable monster, right? Considering we've been told and shown Vaughn's childhood skull issues and the pictures of it and how crazy <laughs> that just, procedure that, is. That's true when you put it like that. And so now he's trying to, like, smash the guy's head between steel steps. And I also think that this is going to be a huge babyface reaction for Vaughn when he comes back, right? So 
he has been gaining momentum here. I'm not saying I love the guy, but they found a way better way to present him. That's mm -hmm. pretty undeniable. I actually liked Braun and Corbin. They sort of had a face-to-face -face meeting in the ring. So it's weird because we get a babyface, babyface match to start. And then we get a heel-heel in-ring segment before this. Uh, or Sorry, with here with uh, Corbin sort of gushing over Braun, crushing Wagner's skull last week. And it's kind of like he's there. <laughs> I'm the veteran heel, right? I'm like king of the heels. And I really thought you did it. And Braun's just like, I don't care, which I really liked. He's just like, yeah. you don't need to pat me on the back, dude. I don't really care what you think of me. Uh, and Braun is basically like, he has bloodlust now. He's so proud of what he did to Von Wagner. He just wants to keep doing it. Um, so Corbin starts bragging about ending two Olympians' careers, right? Standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Undertaker. Two and Olympians? Oh, wait. So, oh, it's Corbin. Yeah. I thought he said Braun. I was like, what? Uh, and that he's saying that Braun is not on Corbin's level. And Braun simply does not care. Um, the, and he says the only thing left for them is to fight at no mercy. Corbin says something like, I'm not... I forget. I'm not... Who did Braun face before? Was it Dijak? Anyways. Because he's um, like, I'm not so-and-so. And then he slaps... I, I can't remember what remember he said, either. but anyways. Uh, I like Braun is becoming like a super villain now, and he's just bloodthirsty, right? And he has absolutely no friends, has issues with everyone, wants approval from nobody, heel or face. I think that's a cool route, like the lone wolf kind of, no, no pun intended there with Corbin. But um, I thought this was a pretty good segment. Got a fair amount done in a few minutes. And just notable, I'm mentioning it, Miles Bourne showed his true, true colors. The match was really hectic and short. He was joining with Briggs and Jensen, right? Um, oh, no. But Jensen had a spinning heel kick to Kemp that looked awesome. I'll say that much. But anyways, Bourne turns on the rednecks, as no. I call them, and spins Jensen into the ring post head first, leading to Kemp pinning Jensen after four minutes with a Uranagi neckbreaker. Uh, so basically, Bourne is a heel double-cross Jensen and Briggs. Notable. Wasn't he already with them, though? No, he was. Or wasn't he already with the heels? Oh, yeah. And he just left them for that match. But then I guess that was all a setup. So. Sure. What that's dumb for the heels, I guess. I don't know. They, they set them up, they set up the that's, that's stupid. I did not really enjoy JC and Thea together again. So this week they're backstage. Thea has turned um off her show, lo her show location to Duke Hudson. I guess is that a thing people do? Um, on Snap, you can do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so JC and Thea Hale are approached by two guys, it looks like um, developmental talent or whatever. And then this segment goes off a cliff because they're super juvenile and like acting like they're nine-year-olds asking Hale if she's out past her bedtime and just all the implications of you're so young and small and whatever. And so JC Jane starts to stick up for her, attacks one of them while Hale attacks the other. And Thea Hale um, says, based on this bullying, she wants a new mature look so people won't make fun of her. Oh, God. So I guess it's we're... The... It's the movie makeover trope. Correct. JC Jane is taking oh. her shopping. So oh. get ready. What do you get? What's your prediction? Three shopping vignettes next week, I would um, guess. I would probably go it's with either that, one yeah. or three. What are we predicting look wise? I'd probably like I'm going like black jeans. Black black leather vest, dark. maybe with some maybe Could some. Could be spikes. darker hair, dark makeup. Soon as they go For sure, black lipstick. Yeah. For um, sure. For sure. Maybe some eyeshadow, like yeah, some really dark I eyeshadow. Think so. Um yeah. Like longer eyelashes, maybe. Because they're gonna go from the wholesome girl next door to something extreme. The girl I'm sure. who lives more doors down. Right. Uh, yeah, it was not a great segment. Uh I also did not enjoy Dana Brooke versus Lyra Valkyria. Get out. Or not. No. I thought Brooke landed looked like she landed a shoot back elbow to Ly Lyra's face early, and then she pulled Lyra off the ropes and she landed really hard. So my question was like 
is this actually clearly Dana Brooks about to become a heel? And is that just they're going to let her work stiff? Like your heel thing is you could just go out and hurt people legit. Sounds like a bad idea to me. But anyways, Lyra looked okay. Um, there was a lengthy cravat by Dana Brooke in a really short match, which is always appreciated. A nice wrestling wizard in there. So spin kicks uh, splash as Valkyria, uh, Valkyria wins in three minutes. Um, Brooke shakes hands and then Lyra sort of turns her back and it looks like Brooke is getting ready to attack Lyra. But uh, Kalani Jordan stops her and then sort of Brooke relents and kind of is fake okay with it. Short match to further an angle I don't care about, right? But uh, there are a couple decent spots that grab my attention. Valkyrie is good. Brooke is not <laughs> at all. Um, and then they announced, I think that this is where they announced that the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament's coming back and coming soon. So we'll see how that goes. I did like, there was a about medium length, I would say, Becky Lynch interview where she talked about her original time in NXT, that no one thought she was championship material, and now she's back to win the title. Kiana James interrupts and says um, she doesn't want Lynch around, and Becky takes that as an application for a beating after she wins the title. I thought it was quick and effective. Kind of makes sense. Becky's back after that one title she's never had, right? And at this point, I said I sort of think she'll win to create a bit of an awkward situation without even knowing the finish. This is where I said, who could possibly be positioned to beat Becky Lynch on the roster at NXT? If it's not Stratton, right? If the title chains hands, who could possibly beat her? Yeah. Um, so really liked Axiom Tyler Bate again, global invitational. This is group a, another face face matchup, which I find interesting on this show. Right. Um, and it was almost all about Axiom counters, which sort of spoiled the, who was going to win for me, but that's okay. It was still really fun to watch. You had Axiom moonsault to the floor, barely made contact. And then he hit his, uh, back of his head on the announce table, really stiff penalty kick. By Axiom at one point, he also countered re- the rebound lariat that Bate does into a Spanish fly. And then we, because the, the thing is, Dar is up in the old, what was it, the Toxic Lounge? So they've got it set up for the metaphor and oh, the, his costume. Yeah. He's wearing like <laughs> that a, was awesome. an inflatable like safari costume where he's like riding an elephant. Uh, looked ridiculous. We get an airplane spin countered into a nice poison rana by Axiom. A nice brain buster by Bait for a near false and then a super Spanish fly for uh, two from Axiom. Then Axiom counters a couple more moves, but eventually gets hit with the rebound lariat and a Tyler driver. Bait wins after 10 minutes. Really good TV match between more of the reliable talent on this show every week. And it was almost all about Axiom until the finish. And they really highlighted Axiom's countering ability in this one. And then Bait kind of picked up the sudden win, but a good match. High spot. Uh, look at that. I put it accidentally, buddy. Retro. Pete Dunn talks about his long history with Tyler Bate, dating back to being 15 years old, he talks about here. Um, <laughs> and he even says, quote, Tyler brings out the bruiser. So that was like, I was like, yes, let's go. Honest, NXT is the perfect ground back. to just bring him back right. and just sever him from the brawling brutes. I don't care if there's like any reason for it. Just do it. I thought Butch sounded good here. Really, done. it was really quick. Um, and the match should be amazing, amazing if given time. Right, these two are I'll fantastic. I'll watch that. I will, I'll and I would that. love to believe that the mention of Bruiser foreshadows the return of the. They've Bruiser called Butch the Bruiser before, which I feel like before they're teasing me, but it feels different. Yeah. Um, the rest hold. I actually did put the schism segment in here, so I talked about it earlier. Fallen tree, blah, blah, blah. It looks like they're on to something new. Who cares? But then the, the dumbest part of this, I thought, was that, and they've done this a bunch on NXT, is Trick is watching that segment on a tablet backstage, which I just find strange. <laughs> I don't know how that works in the universe of things. I guess, because it gets broadcast live, but then is he watching himself when he cuts to him? Like Right. 
it's always interesting to me. At least it wasn't like a group. One time, remember, it was like eight of the women watching They're on watching like a the small tablet. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we do get Mello and Trick. I'm still liking this. Mello continues to sort of pull away. He wants no help with Dom next week because we're going to have champ versus champ non-title next week. But Trick uh, didn't mean... Trick's kind of like, yeah, but when I said I wanted to do... Like, I didn't want to be this separated, right? He didn't think it meant like we're just not going to do anything together anymore. He was kind of like you know, we'll do our own thing, but we'll support each other, where Mello's like, no, I want to do it all by myself. Uh, Mello assures them they're good, as Wesley is behind them, sort of cleaning out his locker. And in a segment later, his wife is there to pick him up, and he's leaving the building, implying that he's, like, done sort of thing with NXT. And I'm still enjoying the slow burn of Mello and Trick's relationship. You can see now they're starting to reveal, like, this isn't exactly what Trick wanted. Despite Trick suggesting, like, we go our own way, he didn't think it would be quite this right. severe. So I kind of like that. Um, just noticing there were three really short matches on this show, not quite to like 2.0 era, but one of them was Fraser beat Tozawa in two minutes, so not really worth mentioning. I did like Mustafa Ali again in Dragon Lee. He was almost doing the politician thing, which he abandoned. That is Mustafa Ali I'm talking about for a few weeks. So he's really smarmy, right? Like he's clearly being insincere and he's just like, oh, you know, maybe I did win by fast count, but there's really nothing you can do about it. Like, what can you do? I That wasn't mm-hmm. my fault. It happened, right? right. So I kind of like what he's doing there. Um, a notable, didn't really feel anything either way about it. You guessed it right away. A hooded figure attacks Davenport backstage, and it was Gigi Dolan. Yeah. So you were around I for a bit of I saw a bit of, of orange week. hair, and it's just like, oh it's God, her. Who, who could it be? Yeah. Um, I did like the main event, right? It was... Tiffany Stratton defending against Becky Lynch. Uh, Lynch ends up winning in 14 minutes with a manhandle slam. I thought this was a really, really good match and a like super strong evidence that Stratton may be ready for main roster now. Not that she couldn't get better, but mm-hmm. working with somebody as good as Becky Lynch, who I think Becky Lynch is fantastic. Like Stratton looked really good, as good as she ever has, I think. Becky gave her a lot, especially in sort of the mid portion of this, or, or first half maybe. Um there was a table spot that didn't go as planned, right? The table just did not break, but it, it looked like it would have hurt Stratton even more, possibly. And Swa- uh, Stratton, I don't remember seeing it, her swanton. I showed you that, too, because you were around for that. Looked oh, yeah. really nice. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, I thought this was a really strong main event, and I said, take notes, AEW, because it's women in the main event and women being given 15 minutes to put on an awesome match. <laughs> nah. Okay, so this is where I wanted to ask you your thoughts on Lynch with the title. No. And why? I don't know. I just think it's dumb. Awkward, and also, right? it like, A, I don't think, like, the Grand Slam's not, I feel like the Grand Slam's only important, like, or, like, I feel like you should only be chasing the last title if it's, like, on the, I don't think. Going like, back and chasing a I don't like her belt. going back to yeah. chase the belt just for the Grand Slam. I feel right. like if it, it's only better if, like, let's say she hasn't won the SmackDown title yet. Do that. Right. But, like, I don't know, just because. Now there's like the whole weird dynamic. It's like going, who's gonna beat her? It's like being a pro athlete and going back and winning a minor league championship because the only you, one you didn't win, right? Right? Like it doesn't really work for me. And I just again, I don't know. Does she end up relinquishing it? Does she lose it back to Stratton? Are they confident they can build someone to that level? So so Zakoa must be really mad now, right? He's gonna come back to get his Grand Slam eventually. I and guess. Win that. Like, so, yeah, I just don't know what you do now that she has the title, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe something. Impact quickly. The opening segment, I liked it. And I can't believe I'm saying this because it was like half an hour long, but I enjoyed it. So it was, and I thought this was really smart. 
because they focused on the knockouts division and the legacy of that, right? So it's Gail Kim. I'll try and list everyone I think that comes out. I think I got it all. Gail Kim, beautiful people come out, but not Madison Rain and the other tailorable one, Lacey Von Erich. Was she in that for a bit, I feel was like? Was she? She was, I any, even, anyways. I don't even know who that is. It was just the original two. It was Angelina Love and, um, oh my God, Velvet Sky. <laughs> Uh, both looked good. They looked very... A lot of these uh, veterans looked really similar to their prime. Giselle Shaw comes out. Jordan Grace comes out. Deanna Perrazzo comes out. Trinity comes out. Awesome Kong, even with Raisha Saeed, which I thought was cool. Uh, and then, even though I like her, it felt out of place. The returning Tasha Steeles among all these, right? Like I saw that. Was not quite weird. at that level. And I like her, but she's not... I don't know. Anyways, and then Mickey James, obviously. So... I thought this was great because there were times where the knockouts division was keeping this company afloat, in my opinion. It was the awesome Kong, Gail Kim era was fantastic stuff. Especially in comparison, it probably helps that that WWE era was exactly. not that. Because that was Divas era-ish, right? Probably. For sure, for sure. Um, so it's also setting up a multi-woman tag match for next week with all of the heels and faces separating and facing each other. But... I, I'm shocked to say like almost a half hour. For me, it was nostalgia because I've watched almost all Pat, Impact through. You are nostalgic. Um, and I just, yeah, I liked, it was interesting to see them because the, the Knockouts division was a huge thing for this company. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Feast or Fired match we got. I think this is one of those Impact gimmick, gimmick matches they're willing to take chances with that actually works. I find the match itself is interesting because you get scaffolding and cases to fight over. They also add the little rule of it's not enough to get the case down. You've got to get to the floor. So not even in the ring, you're still like in jeopardy there, right? And then it also creates suspense because they don't tell you who got what case until a later date. Probably next week. Cause it's no, unfortunately. Not they, next week because it, it's the second part of 1000. They're making, and this has annoyed me. That's why I sound annoyed. I believe they said on the show that they're going to be doing it on that stupid busted open podcast that I'll never see. So I'll just see a summary of it somewhere. That's dumb. They're just trying to draw people to their other media. I get it, but it won't That's work. Fully raised it won't work for guys. me. Exactly. So three in this case, remember, I was like, I don't even remember what's in them. It was three cases have title opportunities and one is you're fired basically, right? So it's a way to, I, I find it funny if this is like a legitimate thing where it's like, this is their way. They don't way know. Of, it's this, no, shoot. More like this is their way of acting yeah. someone they want to get rid yeah. of. It's like they want to get rid of Bully Ray, for example. Gone. They give him the ca- Great choice, case, by the way. Know, thank you. Um, it's just on the top of my mind. Honestly, it it seemed like a million wrestlers were in this. I couldn't even tell you who all was in it. And there's action all over the place. I did notice a section where Black Tarus looked really good, especially there was a part with uh, Laredo Kid. I know Laredo Kid countered something into a Poison Ron. It looked awesome. Don't know why they don't you do more with Tarus. Anyways, Chris Bay grabs the first case, and then he he's in the ring. He has to get to the floor, so he does a big dive over top of everybody to get to the floor. Then we have Crazy Steve grabbing the next case. Um, Give him an X division. And he ends up stabbing Moose with a fork in the stomach to get to the floor and earn the case. Yuya Uemura claims the third case. Imagine Crazy Steve gets fired and he just goes nuts on everybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe, because I was going to say clearly it's not him because they just put a whole bunch of... But yeah, they could storyline that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Yuya grabs the third case. There was a bit of like monkey in the middle with Sammy Callahan as Yuya and Henry toss it back and forth. Uh, Macklin grabs the grabs the final case, but it actually got a pretty good reaction. I don't know why. Rhino returns surprisingly, and gores Macklin, and they did a good job of this. The case goes flying over the ropes, and Moose catches it, so he has the final case. I think the whole thing got 14 minutes. About I, I thought it was really fun, and I'm I'm asking you, who do you think gets fired? So my 
So I'll, what are we? What are the options so again? We, Steve, Moose, um, Yuya. Sorry, who is the and Chris Bay? You. Yuya's excursion done. That was my guess. That's my guess. I'm either going. I'm afraid like, it's Bay. It's not Crazy Steve, unless you're right storyline. But I don't think I they don't, do that. So I think it's probably Yuya, just because like yeah, his excursion's done. But they but just I think put that, him in a new tag team that's over. So that's confusing too. But it's good that I don't know. Moose just signed a new contract, okay? So I'm guessing not him. Crazy Steve, they just repackaged as a strong word, but like our Chris p- Bay's also in the team though, and I would argue his team's better than what's it, Joya or something? Joya, yeah. Yeah. So they seem I to would... be putting a lot behind Steve. Moose just resigned. Yuya, new I'd tag team. I'd say Bay because I think they put the least into Yuya. But then I think there's a possibility. Like I think if they do the Crazy Steve thing, that would be an. Um, amazing call for me like we're going back if they if crazy steve gets fired we're going back to that i feel like either crazy steve gets fired or he gets i probably get having beat saban for that belt i don't know if they've ever done the fired as an angle or not they probably I think they should though they could think it'd be cool because crazy steve would just be a madman. he would i'm enjoying him a lot right now exactly i think it'd be i'm I'm willing to call that all right um a high spot it's funny because i texted you as it was happening and i'm like (laughs) rohit's back on Impact, because I love Rohit. I thought he improved a ton in the ring. Super charismatic. A really, really good, like, mouthy heel, I thought. And so I, I texted you, like, Rohit is back. And then basically, like, two minutes later, <laughs> never mind. He's just, there to, he's just there to get squashed by the Dudleys, right? So That's awesome. It looks like just a one-off for Rohit, unfortunately. Because he was signed with a... Or he was on AEW, right? He was on some of the internet ones. I'm almost positive. Yeah, he was on Dark for yeah. a while. Um, high spot. I thought a mixed tag knot. I'm saying it, not saying it was an amazing match, but it over delivered for me. And that's Eddie and Alicia taking on Kaz and Tracy Books. I think, I think, and this is a bold statement. I think I'm kind of getting into the ride or die mega heel Alicia and Eddie with Alicia being kind of the mouthpiece. I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's happening. Um, they found a way to get me interested in two people I'm generally not interested in, right? So that's impressive. Um, Decent action, pretty solid back and forth, and decent heel work from Alicia. And Tracy ends up getting the win. She hits the fade to black on Alicia after nine uh-huh. minutes. Well, that's what the Kaz calls it, I think, right? No? Not allowed? Uh, so Kaz gets on the mic after, and I don't think Tracy Brooks knew this. So they show um, a big highlight reel of her, which I, not trying to be mean, I called a little hyperbolic because they were basically saying like she is like the key to women's whatever in impact but anyway she's going to be part of the hall of fame and her reaction leads me to believe that she did not know this was coming so that was a pretty cool moment um rest hold dreamer has the digital championship he does some an old man with the digital media title okay, some funny. and guess what he does like an emotional promo as, as all he does so it's lost all meaning to me he's going to defend it anywhere anytime making it sound like maybe it'll be on the indies and stuff too so fine good great main event i didn't get all of it but i liked it um Impact went into overrun this week, and I have it on my uh, DVR recording, and I don't have it set for overrun because it never happens, so I'll have to go back and adjust it because I'll add a few more minutes. But it was Leo Rush defending his X Division title against Saban. After Rush won the first time they faced each other, he brutally attacked Saban before the match and then won fairly easily. Oh, yeah. Um, So they sort of teased that spot happening again, but the bell had actually rung this time. Anyways, I really enjoyed what I saw, but again, didn't see it all, but just... The combined quickness of these two, because Saban is super, super quick, right? Like, and then Leo Rush is next level. So 
lots of good stuff here. I didn't see the end. I had to look it up. Saban ended up winning with the Cradle Shock after 16 minutes. So he is the only, first and only 10-time X-Division champion. Um, and I like that they decided, much like the Knockouts division, I think the planning of this show, bookending it, these are the two divisions that kept this company afloat. Uh, for much of Impact's existence, the X-Division mm -hmm. was what was like unique and had the best wrestlers and delivered the high-quality matches, and the Ultimate X stuff was really cool. So I really think they were smart to be like, we understand that a lot of our legacy is knockouts in X Division that carried this company because it was something, like you said, and I kind of forgot, the knockouts division was clearly different than the Diva division. If you wanted to actually see women wrestlers wrestling and not like fitness models right. and other models, and, Brian and, matches. and this is what you watched. And if you wanted to see like smaller super athletic almost like wcw careers right but obviously the right. x division's a little beyond right. that because it's a little more like whatever. and then the on top they throw samoa joe in it too because it's about no limits right so um i really like that they know that's the like they say this the side their bread is buttered on or whatever and yeah. that they acknowledge that so kind of an interesting the, the impact. pillars of the company and they're stretching it across two weeks so it'll be another th thousandth episode even though it's a thousandth and first that's episode. kind of like when wwe does wrestlemania 25 as the 25th anniversary right um so anyways i that's all i have did you have anything from uh last night's smackdown um yeah a couple wrestled nice hit uh, me more wrestled um wrestled was the rock returning on smackdown to beat up theory and tease mina which is lame it's just really random i don't it came out of nowhere and also i just i know the theory experiment failed but i really think he could still work as a douchey heel if they reworked him and actually tried yeah so i think he had a lot of potential and it's just a shame to see him become cannon fodder in the weeks after dropping the title he's lost to ellie knight a couple times he's just been chomped lately i think they should put him with someone who can talk for him for a while because i don't know i don't know there's He'd something be a perfect paul Heyman guy yeah, they tried, and he's just coming across as super generic, right? Like, right, like I'm the, saying, there's all potential of the, there. All of the stuff that Cena said to him in that WrestleMania was build is unfortunately is true. Very true, and it hasn't really changed. Yeah, for him. like even that Cena win really did nothing. Like, no. I, I think there's potential for him, so I'm just disappointed they're really not trying. Yep. That's fair. Um, then another wrestle is the Bloodline nonsense continues, and it's I think it's I can confidently say it's far jumped a shark by and now. And what? So what? Update me. What's... I just like. I think people were talking about jumping the shark. I think it's most definitely jumped. Like, what did they do? Way over. It's just. I just think it's just. We're we're done with this now. I just think it's. So it's still it rains, ended. Rain, Sokoa, and Jimmy, Jimmy, and then Jay's gone. Like I don't know. Just like I'll talk about it in a second. Okay. But I just think that it should have been done. I just think. Yeah. It's jumped the shark, and now it's just like it's a bunch of nonsense, and just like. It's not. There's not a clear directive. There's not a clear payoff going. The Roman's not even there. Sammy's not involved. Like they're it's just, just trying to wring every last drop. I out think of this, it's right? been. I think it's been wrung out. It's been runged. I think yeah. Um, Jimmy's now like kind of in the bloodline again, but like because he's tr like, but like Heyman said, Jimmy thinks he's in the bloodline, and but he's like he's not. But he's like, is he trying to be? Like I don't know. Like, yeah. Because he's like kind of helping them. He's kind of affiliated now. But then then Jay's gone. Like because. The Usos wanted out before because Roman was being a yeah. tyrant. Now Jay's on Raw, and so like Jimmy's trying to get back in, which is kind of weird. Now Solo's kind of like fill up Roman because Roman can't be bothered to show up. Um, and I just think they failed to catalyze on the SummerSlam incident because I feel like the Usos match was money, and they could have had Jay win, and that's your payoff, and then whatever. Or and they could have capped things off there. And now it's just in limbo, and it's gonna end on a damp squib no matter what because it's just it's already. 
Yeah. And it's like the whole... Maybe it should have ended after the Usos beat Roman, but I don't know. Who's in, who's out. Like, people are... At some point, you're just like, it's overdone. It's kind of like NWO, where it's never like, ending. who's in. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's too bad. It's fell off. It's jumped the shark. It's done. It's not... It's not good anymore. Not it's, can't say it's surprising for WWE to like beat a dead horse. You know, I think I mean? the dead horse died a couple months ago, and right. they've just been beating it relentlessly for weeks on end. Too bad. Which sucks because this was the the greatest thing they've done in years, and it's one just, of their best stories ever of all time. I would suggest at, just, at peak peak bloodline. I feel like there were a couple peaks there. Those two peaks were. It like, feels like a memory now. With Zayn, the Zayn stuff being the second peak, and then some stuff before that. But yeah, now it's just like. They're just trying to get more money out of this, and it's not working anymore. But I don't anyways. know. I think the well's dry. I think so, too. But speaking of well being dry, I think the well of 165 here is dry. Nah. Uh, there were, You said there was no updates for figuring it out, so no, we'll sir. come back to that next week. So thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess we'll throw out our contact information, which I never do, and I don't think anyone's listening by the very last, which is probably why smart podcasters do this at the beginning, because who's listening here? But fnswrestling at gmail.com if you want to email me. FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram goes to Jack. He might reply. He might look. Who I'll knows? Think about it. He doesn't really do it. <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube, comment there. I'll definitely reply to you. I know I'll hear from a couple people every week. I always do, and I really do appreciate it. Let's me know people are listening. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next Saturday for 166. And until then, everybody, take care.